This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Hey. Hello. Good to see everybody. Yeah, I see everybody uh, warring in the comments already. We will have the very latest on Donovan Mitchell and the New York Knicks. Tony Jones dash Garnet set the NBA world on fire yesterday. We'll tell you all about that. Uh, We have the latest on the Pac-12. Really good sourcing for us yesterday on the Pac-12. And if you're a Pac-12 fan... If you're a fan of the Utah Utes, you do not want to miss this update. It is a big one. That's coming up in about uh, an hour from now. Stick around for that. And, of course, we have to argue about who's got the best chicken sandwich in Utah. Obviously. And that's because Chick-fil-A is doing something really dumb. As Chick-fil-A is wanting to do. Stay on brand. Which they never do. Um, uh, we want to remind you that we are sending a pair of listeners to, or viewers, viewers, listeners of this podcast or viewers, uh, to see BYU in Notre Dame in Las Vegas for the Shamrock series. All you have to do is get yourself to any of the five Utah locations for barbecue pit stop, uh, in Layton, Logan, Lehigh. Murray and St. George, there is a box on the counter at all of those barbecue pit stops. Fill out the slip, drop it in the box, and you are entered to win. We're going to announce the winner of that uh, trip to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series on September 17th at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We will uh, watch the BYU-Oregon game at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We're going to have wings and pizza. It's going to be an amazing time. Greg Hawkins, the noted Utah fan, says he's going to show up in a swoop costume. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's going to be amazing. At yeah. halftime of that game between BYU and Oregon, we will pull the winner to see who's going to Las Vegas um, for... BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series. You get two nights at the Palms Casino Resort. You get two tickets to the game and a $250 gas card to get you there. Thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Hey, listen, by the way, when you go there, make sure you tweet a photo at us. Hit us on Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Make sure you you hit us up on that. We may even toss you a free T-shirt if you do so. Uh, we love seeing you guys going to Barbecue Pit Stop. So many of our listeners have gone and gotten spices, sauces, rubs, equipment. They've won Traeger smokers because Barbecue Pit Stop gives away a smoker every single week. Yeah, Lauren won a uh, Traeger smoker. So make sure you get to Barbecue Pit Stop and uh, get the hookup on that. All right, Jake, let's talk jazz basketball because... Tony Jones in The Athletic uh, reported yesterday that the Knicks and Jazz, uh, after a long period of silence, began talking about Donovan Mitchell again this week. And I would concur with that, only that I I have been told by Jazz sources that there has been no downtime, that the Jazz and the Knicks have pretty consistently kept in touch um, and have had ongoing conversations 
uh, but they have never been close to making a deal. And the Utah Jazz have not backed off their demand for six first-round picks and a package of players that includes Quentin Grimes, who the Knicks have said they're not willing to include in a trade. Um, but how how new is this, Jake? If I had to say to you, hey, is this a new update? Is this breaking news? Like, what are your thoughts on this whole report in The Athletic from Tony Jones yesterday? Yeah, look, I, I think that, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows between the Knicks and the Jazz. I think that the the Knicks, when, well, really, I would say when, when you're a team that, you're looking at trying to get a, a player on the caliber of Donovan Mitchell, it's going to ebb and flow. You're going to negotiate and try to push Danny Ainge to come off the prize, and then maybe it slows down a little bit, and then you pick it back up. But I but I think, you know, if we just read the landscape and kind of read the room a little bit, we heard, you know, last week that the Knicks were also a potential suitor for Kevin Durant, and that that's why, you know, Grimes wasn't going to be in the Jazz deal, or there was some hesitation about putting Grimes in the Jazz deal. And so w what's fascinating to me about this whole situation is that is that we've heard a lot about Kevin Durant this week. We've talked a lot about the Kevin Durant situation this week. And all of a sudden on Wednesday, midweek, you know, and really it was obviously yesterday after the show, you know, you get you get this update or this this story that comes out about how, well, the Knicks and the Jazz are talking again. You know, and, and so to me, it's one of two things. To me, it's, okay, the Knicks went and tried to make something happen with the KD situation, and they didn't like what, what that outcome was, and they came back to the Utah Jazz, or they just simply slowed down a little bit with the Jazz, and they took a few days off, and then they came back. Like, I, I like kind of like what you said. Like, I don't think that, that it's not a situation where they talked for a month straight, and then they took three weeks off, and now they're back. Like, it's not... That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, hey, you know, it's an ongoing dialogue. Danny has his price. He's not coming off of it. But I think what's so fascinating is how it's perceived by the media and how this timeline is sort of working. And, and so what I'm getting to is that I think nothing with the Don situation is going to happen, in my opinion, until the Kevin Durant situation plays itself out because the Knicks have all these assets and who wouldn't want to have Kevin Durant over Donovan Mitchell? I think that's obvious. I think we all agree on that. So, yeah, I tend to agree. I think the conversation is just ongoing. I don't think we've had some, like, new, huge development. You know, that's that's kind of what I feel about it. Well, and I also think we've been told repeatedly, and frankly, you know, I feel like our, our sources have been pretty good um, on the Jazz and the Knicks. I mean, I, I think we've been told repeatedly that, the Utah Jazz are in no hurry to make a Donovan Mitchell deal. There is no pressure. Donovan Mitchell, I was able to confirm again yesterday that Donovan Mitchell at no time has indicated in any way, shape, or form that that he wants to be traded. He's never asked to be traded. He's never, quote-unquote, demanded a trade. Mm -hmm. um, that this is simply a situation where Danny Ainge is, is fulfilling his duty as the president of basketball operations for the Jazz and exploring the the best options for the club. And I think we've heard that repeatedly. I, I think Danny Ainge is doing the job that needs to be done. If you're going to offer him six picks, three young players and a veteran to make that deal work, he's going to take that deal for Donovan Mitchell. Right. I don't think this has anything to do with with the All-Star game. Frankly, um, you know, it, it, was, it was put to me yesterday that the rumors about the Jazz being cash-strapped are completely false. Um, that the Jazz are putting quite a bit of money into All-Star Weekend, um, that there is a significant cash outlay for that, um, that their resources are are free-flowing. 
I tend to to lean in that direction. I mean, I, I think in this business, for those of you who don't know, when you're talking to sources at particular organizations, I think you have to take everything with a grain of salt. It's why on this show, we double source everything. We don't report anything that that simply is one-sided. And when you hear the Utah Jazz saying, hey, we're spending a lot of money getting ready for the All-Star game. We're spending a lot of money to create the program that has to be in place to execute the the NBA All-Star game. That makes a lot of sense to me. Right. And I think that, that I... I don't know. There's all of this talk about Ryan Smith. I have a hard time believing that Ryan Smith is is being a miser or that Ryan Smith is, you know, not willing to reach into his pocket to to achieve something. I just don't believe that. I think the Jazz are on a, are on a plan. I think the Jazz are on um what's the right way to say this? They have a budget and I think they're going to stay on budget until there's a reason not to. Right. And I think a lot of people forget that the NBA All-Star Game is an excessively expensive event to hold in your city. It is not cheap. You have a lot of infrastructure that has to be built around that. There are a lot of events. There are a lot of parties. There are a lot of junkets. There's a lot of meetings. There are multiple venues. There are, I mean, there is a lot that goes into executing an All-Star Weekend in your in your city. Yeah. And I think that takes a lot of financial resources. And frankly, I think the Utah Jazz have them and more. So... I don't think that this is a deal that the Jazz have to make. I actually don't think this is a deal the Jazz want to make. I think if you're going to offer them an over-the-top package, Jake, I think they have no choice but to take it. Yeah, I, I think, and that's kind of what we've been saying for the last, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know. I'm not keeping track, obviously, but probably the last, like, six, eight weeks, maybe, I, I would guess. Like, that's how long this Donovan-Knicks thing has been been happening. And, and I think that, you know, it, again, it's going to be ongoing. You don't just do these deals overnight. And I think that, you know, with the All-Star game coming and, you know, the Jazz being in the position they are with the organization, like, like with players and, like, where they're at and they're in their winning curve, if you will, it's just a really interesting time. And I, and I, and I still maintain nobody is saying anything. We're not getting anything from Don or Ryan Smith or Danny Ainge. The last guy to speak on on the Utah Jazz, if memory serves, was Justin Zanuck, you know, and, and he straight up shut yeah. down yes, that's the, correct. the Donovan Mitchell, you know, trade rumor mill, if you will. So I don't know, man. I just think we're in this, this time where patience, if I'm being honest, I think patience in the fan base is running thin. We're coming to the end of the summer. We're, we're, we're heading into that fall period that we all know and love where sports really comes back full force. And I think we're just ready for this next thing to happen. And that's why when Shams or, you know, Tony from the athletic or like when the media just starts reporting on things, I think we have this thirst for it right now. And that's the tough part. We want something to move but the truth is, it's an ongoing conversation. There's not like this pause and then the Knicks just started back up again. You know, like it's an ongoing thing and it will continue into the season. You need to be comfortable with that. Well, and I think we've consistently heard that the the Jazz and the Knicks are are talking and they're not close to a deal. I mean, that's the that's the question that everybody asks. You know, like are the are the Jazz and Knicks close on a trade? I would tell you they've never been close on a trade. I've heard you know, a very consistent message from NBA sources telling me that the Jazz are not willing to come off of their ask, and, mm -hmm. and nor should they. And I think what you're seeing here, and I think what is is very little doubt, is that Leon Rose and Danny Ainge are two very good front office executives. 
These are two guys who understand that every player has a value. And when you're making trades, you have to kind of take that humanity out of it. It, you have to look at players as commodities when you are trading guys. And I think when you look at Danny Ainge and Leon Rose, both of them are, are acutely aware of Donovan Mitchell's value to themselves. And I think when you look at Donovan Mitchell to the Jazz, this is the face of their franchise. This is a guy, frankly, who's had a very good offseason. He looks to me in amazing shape. From what I understand as well, I was told point blank on Friday, I think it was, the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell have a very good communication. They have a very open line of communication. Their relationship is good. There is no stress there. They are communicating about these conversations. Donovan Mitchell is well aware of what's going on between the Jazz and the Knicks. So there is no shock. There is no awe. There are no hurt feelings. Right. I saw a report the other day that Donovan Mitchell was dismayed um, about these conversations. Donovan Mitchell's not dismayed. Donovan Mitchell knows exactly what's going on. And I think that that is a, a very good indicator that Don and the Jazz are on the same page. I don't, I don't pretend to tell you what Don is thinking. His agent, his people have been very tight-lipped about what he's doing. Donovan Mitchell has not said two words this entire summer about yeah. his situation with the Jazz or wanting to be traded or not wanting to be traded or wanting to be a Jazz man. He hasn't said anything. So until he does, I don't think anybody really knows where Donovan is at mentally. But from what I understand, the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell have a fine relationship. There is not stress. There is not strain. There is not a deal close between the Jazz and the Knicks. And Danny Ainge and Leon Rose... I think there was some consternation there. I know almost for a fact that Leon Rose grew very frustrated with Danny Ainge's unwillingness to move off of his spot. I but, want more. But yeah, if you're Danny Ainge, why would you move off your spot? You wouldn't. So I think yeah. that Leon Rose was rightfully frustrated. But Danny Ainge knows exactly what he's doing. He's a seasoned veteran operator in a front office capacity in this league. And there is no reason for him to settle on anything less than what I'm told is six first round picks, three young players and a veteran. That's what, Dan, that? that's what Danny Ainge's ask is. And in my opinion, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm not coming off of that even a little bit. Yeah. I, there's just no reason to, right? you don't have like, and this is the thing that people I think don't put enough value on. Because Donovan Mitchell hasn't requested a trade or isn't like putting pressure on the organization to trade him, there's no pressure to move him. You don't like it, it, it's not like the relationship is in shambles or something. And I think the best point you made there was just that, you know, Danny Ainge is fulfilling his obligation to the team. He would be foolish not to have the conversations. But I think we go a step too far, like in the media or or just generally speaking, when we're like, oh, well, Danny's talking to the Knicks and everybody and their mom, so that means he's trading Donovan Mitchell. That's not true. The Knicks have been pursuing Donovan Mitchell since last year. Man, we, we've done shows last year over the summer where we talked about the Knicks calling Danny or calling the Utah Jazz at that time. So the fact that Danny Ainge is, is talking to them is, is, is not a surprise to me. And that's why I say... I'm telling you, a lot of this is just the impatience and the burnout of nothing happening this summer. Like, it feels like a lot has happened, but really, not much has happened. That's the problem, and that's why we're frustrated. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it is It is still likely, and Jazz Sources told me last week, we reported it on the show. You can go back to our archives and look at it. The beauty of um, YouTube. Yeah, it's, it lives forever on YouTube, and I, I the thing that we reported is that Jazz are planning on 
having Donovan Mitchell in camp. I think that's exactly the right tack to take because at this point, I think most people would agree a deal between the Knicks and the Jazz is not close. And if you're the Utah Jazz, you're planning on having Donovan Mitchell in training camp. I think it's far more likely that the the Knicks will find a different team to to dance with. I think when you're the Knicks, and um, it was it was described to me the other day that the Knicks are very aggressively trying to upgrade uh, their talent. They're trying to find an alpha male, a superstar to run with that team. Yeah. And I think they're very aware that they just don't have that. And I think the Knicks were very wise to aggressively pursue Kevin Durant. But I think Leon Rose knows very well that that deal's very unlikely to happen. Although I think Joe Sy would make a deal with the Knicks, and I know a lot of people in New York don't believe that. Um, but I, I think Sean Marks and, and Leon Rose have had quite extensive conversations uh, on, on several levels, and I think there could be a deal there. I just think the asking price for Kevin Durant is astronomical. Uh, for the Knicks to get Kevin Durant, they're going to have to give up all of their draft picks that they are legally allowed to trade it, it by the NBA CBA. Um, I think they would have to give up just about all of those. Um, I think you would have to give up just about all of your young talent. And I, I just don't think that's worth it for Kevin Durant, especially when it is incredibly difficult to win if you give up all of those assets. Yeah. Because Kevin Durant with R.J. Barrett and, you know, the rest of this group, the Jalen Brunsons of the world, that's not enough to win a championship, especially not in the East. I think that makes you a contender. But I think Leon Rose is acutely aware that you need more than Kevin Durant. If you add him to this team, you would need more than that. And it's going to be hard to, to round that Knicks roster out with giving up all those assets and getting Kevin Durant. I think that's why the Knicks have been so passionate about a Donovan Mitchell deal. Y'all feel me? Because I think your expectations are slightly lower if we add Donovan Mitchell and you only give up. From what I'm told, the Knicks are offering three first-round picks um, and two veterans and two young players, not Quentin Grimes. Yeah. And that's just not enough for Danny Ainge. But I think the Knicks know if that deal goes through, they're in a much better place the day that happens, and they are today. Well, Danny knows that too. That's the thing, and 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 again, this is the art of negotiation. Danny, Danny knows that. Like Danny knows, hey, if 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 I allow them to acquire Donovan Mitchell, and I only get three first round picks and three players, the Knicks are still in a great spot, you know, because they have assets to work with, and they can continue to build their team. And that's why I say I would be more like I would be more confident that. Don was going to get traded if we hadn't consistently heard for, I mean, we're going on months now. Like I, I'm not even exaggerating. We're going on like three months now of, Hey, is he going to get traded to the Knicks? And the messaging from, from the people that we talked to has always been, Hey, the price is this. It's six first round picks and three players. That's what it's always been. We've heard versions of that small, you know, like details have changed a little bit on the fringe or whatever on the outside that makes the deal happen. But the essence of this deal is the six first-round picks. We've always heard that. At one point, there was conversation around protected or unprotected. Okay, great. But that's been the core of the deal. So that's why I say, if you're a Utah Jazz fan and you're looking at this situation, it's very straightforward. The price is the price. Leon Rose wants a discount, as I've been saying for however long. And Danny's not going to come off that price. And until that changes... Don's not going anywhere because I don't believe like Shams yesterday saying the Hornets and the Wizards 
called the Jazz. The Wizards and the Jazz have been talking for, I, I don't know, like six, seven months, on and off. You know, it's been an well, ongoing thing. And I, I think we also we also talked about the fact that the the Jazz and the Wizards had a, a, a very serious conversation about Cantavius Caldwell Pope before he wound up in Denver. Yeah. Um, I know that the, the Jazz had serious, you know, interest in KCP. I mean, you go back to the trade deadline last year. Um, I mean, there was there were conversations about Montrezl Harrell. There was a three-team deal. Like, And this is why we've talked about for months and months and months. The conversations you have at the trade deadline often lead and often bear fruit in the summer. They matter. Because, for yeah, sure. you're, you're forming relationships that you can use in the offseason to make more significant deals. Now, having said all that, the Jazz have really only made one significant deal, and that was with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So it's going to be interesting to see where all this changes. But again, my opinion is, and, and you know, I base my opinion mostly on what I've been told, and that is that the Jazz have several deals that they could make. One of them is not Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. Yeah. And, and whether the whether the Jazz, I think the Jazz, you know, I, I just don't get the feeling from the Jazz and from NBA sources that the Jazz want to trade Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. It just has never felt to me. You can feel in this business around the NBA when you're talking to agents and you're talking to players and you're talking to guys and you can feel when teams or guys want to be moved. Right. I just don't get the sense that Donovan Mitchell or the Utah Jazz want to make a deal here. I don't I don't get the sense that Donovan's in any hurry to leave. I don't get the sense that the Jazz are in any hurry to trade him. And I I that's why I just I I lean to 80-20. He goes to camp with the Jazz. He he he's gonna be a jazz man October first. Yeah, that's just the sense I get. Well, in the the rest of the roster is what's interesting to me. I mean, you have a bunch of guys on this roster that could be traded. Obviously, like we've talked all about, you know, Bogdanovich and Conley, and and even you know Jordan Clarkson has been in some conversations here and there. I don't think he's gonna be moved, but but Bogdanovich and Conley, like those are two guys that I would not expect to be here. I would expect that. The Jazz would move those guys and, and build in some flexibility to this roster. But the point just remains that I think that until something like we need that first domino to fall, and ideally it would be Kevin Durant, right? Like, because because a, a low end trade for some random player is not going to get the league to start moving. You need the Kevin Durant thing to happen, so yes. then the Donovan Mitchell thing can kind of get put to bed, and and everybody can go about their business of doing business in the league because I I I the one thing I am a little concerned about is we're gonna get to a place where there's like two weeks left until camp starts right like there's not a lot of time left you know we'll get to that point as we continue on and then like all these deals are gonna happen and my hope is and I trust Danny Ainge I don't think he'd make a mistake in this way but I do think if you're Danny Ainge and you're looking at this you're like all right. Let's get in, let's get it into a position where the rest of the league is kind of in a pressure cooker, and then let's take advantage of that. That's why I think Danny's so willing to be patient because he knows that there's going to be a GM out there who hasn't made a move because the NBA has been in gridlock essentially, and he can take advantage of that pressure. And I think that's good, you know, basketballing, if you will. I think that's smart tactics, without a doubt. Well, I also think that there's just no onus on him to make a deal now. Yeah, I mean, there's no. I think if the Jazz had their druthers, they would make a Conley Bogdanovich deal and acquire a first-round pick or two and a player. 
And I think that that's what they would, that was ultimately what they would like to do because I think, yeah, when you look at their situation, this roster is not complete by any stretch. They need to add a four or five guy. They certainly, I think, would like to move Mike Conley off their books. I mean, he's an awfully expensive player for a team that, that needs a, a, what's the right way to say this? A facilitator more. Um, you know, that they need somebody that is, that is younger than Mike, that they can count on who's Mm -hmm. reliable. That's what you need at the point on this team. You don't need a true bring the ball up, kick it out point guard. What you need is somebody that Donovan Mitchell can play off of. And right now, I just don't think you have that number two option on this team. I mean, if your season started today, I mean, I, I have to believe that, that it is, it is highly likely that Donovan Mitchell scores 30 points a game because who else are you going to give the ball to? I mean, that that to me, ultimately, that is that is where this situation comes to a head is that you don't need a transformative deal. You already made that deal. I think what this Jazz team needs is to, to continue to reshape their salary cap, which means moving Mike Conley and moving Boyan Bogdanovich. Conversely, if you look at the Knicks, the Knicks are in a completely different situation. They have flashed a lot of cash. They have reset themselves. They made trades on uh, on draft night. You know, you you got a guy in Jalen Brunson that you're likely going to get fined for tampering with. Mm-hmm. You brought him in, but you still have money to spend because of R.J. Barrett's contract situation, which I think makes him less tradable because there are not a whole lot of teams around this league that want to extend R.J. Barrett off of his rookie contract. I frankly think it's one of the reasons that the Jazz are hesitant to talk about R.J. Barrett in this deal. And I know that that pisses off Knicks fans, but I can tell you right now, the Jazz and Knicks have had conversations about including R.J. Barrett in a Donovan Mitchell deal. Yeah, And I think that the Jazz don't have an appetite for R.J. Barrett because they're going to have to extend him. I think the only reason the Knicks would include R.J. Barrett is so that they do not have to extend him. I think these are complex conversations that oftentimes are more difficult to to come to a head or find common ground on because money in the NBA right now, especially with what's coming up in the draft and who's going to be available in free agency, I think makes it very prohibitive to make any deal that's at all questionable. Thanks. I mean, at all questionable. Yeah. If you're the Utah Jazz right now, you're not you're not trying to get pick swaps because. You know, that term is thrown around like it's just no big deal. Oh, pick swaps. You know. The Jazz want four protected, unprotected picks where it's without question, we're getting these four four picks. Yes. No doubt about it. They are ours. They want, they're not going to trade a guy like Donovan Mitchell for, you know, protected or unprotected. They're not doing it for pick no. swaps. They're, they're unprotected picks that they are sure they can execute on. And if they can't execute on them, they can trade those down the line. I mean, I just, yeah, it makes sense. It's what we've heard for three months. Yeah. Like it, it is like the, the day that, that Rudy Gobert got traded and I see all your comments. Trust me, I'm, I'm coming. Give me two minutes here. I look at July 1st as mm-hmm. a transformative day in the history of this organization because the day that they traded Rudy Gobert, they acquired significant assets. They acquired multiple first-round picks. I'm they acquired Walker Kessler. They got Malik Beasley, Pat Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt. 
They got all of those assets in that deal. And Danny Ainge can do whatever he wants with those. Yeah. Patrick Beverly, again, I will just say, I don't believe he's going to be on this roster at the, the, the 1st of September. I think they will trade Pat. They have a deal in place, sources have told me, that they can move him if they would like to do that. They have interested, finally, they have an interested party on Mike Conley. You can move Boyan Bogdanovich down the road. Yeah. They have deals they can make. But it doesn't make sense for them with all the money that they're going to have to inject into the community, into facilities, into preparations for the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense not to have Donovan Mitchell represent the Jazz in that All-Star game? It makes sense in one way. If you get an avalanche of compensation from the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Leon Rose, I'm not paying the asking price. I'm, I'm just not. So that's why I say it doesn't make a lot of sense that this deal goes down. I think I think Donovan Mitchell will come to camp with the Jazz. I really do. All right, let's get your comments in here. Thank you so much. I see everybody uh, commenting on this. I know that this has been a hot-button issue. Funky Orion, good morning to you. What's up? Where you been, my man? Kurt Myers, good morning to you, friend. BB says if the Jazz are uh, to give up Donovan Mitchell, we have to get four unprotected picks and two more picks and all the young guys we want, or we should just say no. I think that's where Danny Ainge is at, Yeah, frankly. Agreed. Antonio Ruiz, good morning. He says, why is it always the Knicks chasing the conversation? You know, I don't know that it's always been the Knicks chasing the conversation. And I think there's there's probably too much put into who called who. I think there's probably too much of that. Danny Ainge and Leon Rose have had consistent, ongoing conversations. I think Danny Ainge and Leon Rose have called each other. I think they have texted each other. I don't know that one guy continues to pursue the other guy. Well, you get to a certain place where you talk enough where there's a certain comfortability. Yes. You know? and, it's, and it's not, like, I think it's a lot of times it's viewed as, oh, well, he reached out to Danny Ainge about Donovan Mitchell. That means he's trying to get him. It's more just like, hey, yeah, hey, dude, you got five minutes? Like, that's how it is. Like, you're, you're having just dude-to-dude conversations about it. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, Antonio continues. He says, maybe Utah called because he don't want to be there. What do you mean? Uh, We have the best offer they can get. Don't give me that. He never said he wanted to be traded. He never said he... He didn't. Donovan Mitchell has never said he wants to be traded. Yeah. And this, his other comment is he never said he didn't want to... He never said he wanted to stay either. You don't have guys commenting on, man, I, okay, uh, I'm Steph Curry. I want to stay with Golden State. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, uh, I'm LeBron James. By the way, I want to stay with the Lakers. Uh, Like, does the star player in every team have to say every year, hey, I want to stay with your mom? Like, that doesn't happen. How many guys around the league are like, oh, yeah, I want to be here. Can't believe it. Obviously not. How many guys come out and say, I want to be traded? How many guys demand trades? Usually what happens is guys don't say anything and life goes on in the NBA. This, the obsession with, oh, Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be in Salt Lake City is crazy. It's just so unfounded. It's so unfounded. I, 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 anyway, we've talked at length about that. BB says, uh, has he ever said he wants to be traded? The truth hurts Knicks fans. That's that want Donovan to have asked for a trade so they can think they are getting Donovan for less. Yeah, I just don't see that that's... No. I don't see that that's a thing. Neville93 uh, says, good morning, peeps. What's up? Um, 
I think, uh, yeah, I think it's incredibly interesting that so many Nick fans are convinced he wants to leave Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just don't see that. I really don't. Uh, Ryan Scandura, good morning to you. He says, LOL, if Mitchell stays in Utah, they're a losing team. Well, they're not. you're not going to win a championship with him on the Knicks right now. You're not. And frankly, if I was a betting man, I would bet on Danny Ainge before I'd bet on Leon Rose. Yeah. I think Danny Ainge is in a situation where you have an owner that's proven he'll spend money. You have an owner that I think is, is a local guy that is absolutely passionate about seeing the Jazz raise a trophy. I, I think Danny Ainge as an executive is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not that Leon Rose is a slouch or has done a bad job. None of that. But if I'm picking a guy to build a championship, there are a few executives I'd take over Danny Ainge. And by the way, everyone who says, oh, well, ESPN says they're a 26-win team. Yeah, sure. Right now, as constructed, are they a 26-win team? Sure. If you want to say that. I happen to think they're a mid-30 win team right now. And the the truth of it is, is you're probably two moves away from being a postseason contender. Like, that's, you know, that's where you are. So if you keep Donovan Mitchell and you add two guys around him, you're in a good spot. Yep. Uh, Peter Bowen, good morning, too, says, Danny Ainge wants to rebuild. Use your common sense. The best course for a team who doesn't attract free agents. Well, A. (laughs) I've always loved this. A, I don't know that free agency is the best way to build your roster in the first place. B, I think there's no doubt that Danny Ainge history tells you he can make trades that are significant. And like Kevin Durant, this is why we've talked so much about Kevin Durant. If I'm the Jazz, I am lighting up New Jersey's phones. There are a few teams in this league that have the assets required to to take on Kevin Durant. The Jazz are one of them. Yeah. The Jazz are absolutely one of them. Let's be really clear, though. Danny Ainge's track record is not one of rebuilding, right? Like everyone wants to say, oh, well, he rebuilt the Celtics and, and he's the king of rebuilding. No, he's not. That's not how he does business. He is the king of of making trades that transform organizations, that that take you from where you were here when you were frustrated to being a championship contender for probably a three- to five-year window. He's going to make those foundational trades that put you on that collision course with an NBA Finals appearance. So yeah. I don't—he's I, not— someone who's ever rebuilt teams through the draft. He's not going to be the Orlando Magic. The Jazz are not a team that's going to win 20 games. That's not what that's not what the goal is and that's not where they're at in my opinion. You're you're a team that is going to make more trades. Uh I think you're going to build around Donovan Mitchell. That's my opinion. And I think, you know, 6 months from now when we're in the meat of the season and and they're outperforming expectations cuz ESPN said they were a 26-win team. I, I I would just say don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at all because when you have a talent like Donovan Mitchell, anything is possible. Yep, Griff181, good morning to you, says uh, Donovan is being the ultimate professional, but no star player happy with their situation wants to be dangled in trade talks. Well, I don't know that anybody's happy with the Jazz situation. I mean, you're coming off of a, of a specifically a two-year period, but you're really coming off of the last three, four years where – you should have done significantly better than you did. Yeah. And the Rudy Gobert contract absolutely prevented you, in my opinion, from winning. I think you, with the moment that Rudy Gobert put pen to paper on that deal, this team's fate was sealed. I mean, they were not going to win with that kind of money. Paying a guy that, that is very limited offensively and, and schematically is death during the playoffs, mm-hmm. paying him 23.3% of your salary cap is is foolish. 
you're throwing our it budget is, a little out of whack. It is foolish. I, I, I and just, by the way, I'd also say in the Donovan Mitchell comment about like you know whether he wants to be here or not. You need to understand that Donovan Mitchell, all he cares about is winning. That's it. He just wants to contend for championships. So for Don, what is the conversation coming from Danny? Hey, man, we're not looking to trade you. We're not actively shopping you, but the Knicks have been calling consistently. So I kind of, I have, to, I have to have the conversation with them. So where do you come down on that? That's the conversation I personally believe they had last December before they traded Rudy Gobert. I think they got on the same page and they told Donovan, "Hey, people are going to come calling. You're gonna, you're gonna hear all kinds of stuff about we're trading you and we're trying to move you." None of that's going to be true. We're having a conversation with the Knicks because they keep calling. And by the way, Donovan's a New York guy, so I don't think that he would, you know, just be pissed that they trade him to the Knicks if that happened. You know, like, I just think it's this gray area. It's a difficult thing to define. Yeah, I agree. Ryan Scanduras says, uh, LOL, if Mitchell stays in Utah, they're a losing team. I, I just, I, I, I think no matter what, no matter what, unless you win a championship, you're a losing team. Yeah, uh, I, I, like, I, I don't. I've never subscribed to, to the belief that, you know, hey, getting to the NBA Finals is is good enough. It's not. It's not. The were, were the were the Suns happy to get to the NBA Finals and lose? No, they were not. It it took a serious toll on their team. It ate away at their relationship with DeAndre Ayton because mm-hmm. a lot of people blame DeAndre Ayton. You look at teams that go to the NBA Finals, they do one of two things. If they win, they go on and, hey, everything's great. You're a team like the Golden State Warriors, you build a dynasty, right? But if your team's like the Celtics, the Suns, if, if you are – look at the Portland Trailblazers back in the Jordan days. Look mm-hmm. at the teams – that routinely go to the finals and and lose, you don't recover from that. So it's not good enough to get there. You win or you lose. That's it. You are no different, in my opinion. It, when it, at the end of the day, how you know how, how many people can even recite who lost the NBA Finals year after year? Nobody. The Jazz were in a position where they should have won more. Conceivably, they should have won more and they didn't. So they're losers. Mm-hmm. Whether you won 52 games or 32 games, you lost. That's the bottom line. And the frustrating part, I think, for Donovan Mitchell is he doesn't believe, For the, in my opinion, is in the last two years, he hasn't believed in his teammates. Yeah, He has not had faith that when he passes the ball, good things are going to happen. If you go to the Knicks, you don't have faith that if you're going to pass the ball – that R.J. Barrett's going to knock it down, or that, like you—it's not like you have some deep, incredibly talented roster with the Knicks. Your roster's not that much better, frankly, than the Jazz are offensively. If you go to camp today, the Jazz are scoring 110 points a game. Mm-hmm. Their problem is not offense; their problem's defense. That's the bottom line. You—you you look at the Knicks. I, my opinion is, Jalen Brunson didn't solve a whole lot of problems that you had on this team. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. You need a superstar. You've got to have a Bradley Beal type player, a Kevin Durant type player. You need somebody to stand in the garden on a night-to-night basis and be the king of New York. That's what Nick fans deserve. That's what that organization deserves. Yeah. You don't have that, and you haven't had that for some time. Donovan Mitchell ain't that guy. That's the other problem. Has he ever been that guy? No. 
Not up till now he hasn't been. Now, my opinion is he's having a tremendous summer, and I think Donovan Mitchell is going to roll out, and I think Don's going to score 30 points a game. And I think he has the potential to be that guy. But let's be brutally honest. I'm not giving you six picks for Donovan Mitchell. I'm not even having the conversation at six picks. And I sure as hell am not in any conversation giving up Quentin Grimes. I've said that from the beginning. And this whole thing about R.J. Barrett, I see all the Knicks fans getting upset that, oh, R.J. Barrett's never been in trade talks. I got news for you. Not one or two, like three or four NBA sources have told me the Knicks would trade R.J. Barrett today if they could. Today, they do not want to extend his contract. And I think the issue is, if they wanted to, wouldn't they have done that already? Yes. So, I listen, we can go round and round about this. The NBA is a brutal, brutal business. It's not hard to read the tea leaves. And when you hear things and then you hear it from somebody else and you talk to people as we do on a regular basis who have been dead on with the Jazz... The Jazz and the Knicks talked about R.J. Barrett. The Jazz don't want to pay R.J. Barrett. I'm going to say this again. Plain and simple. And I'm here to tell you, the Knicks value Quentin Grimes far more than they value R.J. Barrett. So that can piss you off. You can be upset about that. You can say, like, I see all the people saying they never did that. Okay. Okay. Well, believe that. That's up to you. (laughs) I'm just telling you, three, four people have told us that. Yeah, dude. Not one or two. Three or four people. Listen, if you believe in R.J. Barrett, that's great. That's your opinion. That's your prerogative. I have no problem with that. But I'm telling you, R.J. Barrett is not the guy that's going to make a difference for you in your organization from a championship standard. It's not like adding R.J. Barrett makes you a championship contender. Does it make your team better? Absolutely. He's a good player. It does. But but there's a difference. There's two cut two cut a guy here in this conversation. You've got the guy, the Kevin Durant of the world, you know, who who you bring in and you give up a ton for that make a difference and immediately take you to NBA Finals contention, right? You've got those couple of guys. And then you've got everybody else. So, it like, I don't really, I guess, understand why Nick fans have so much trouble with this. Do you think that R.J. Barrett is untouchable? Do you think that R.J. Barrett somehow is, no, like, no. some... Do you want R.J. Barrett to be untouchable? I guess. Like, I guess. I, I This is what my consistent struggle is. When we talk to... And Jazz fans are guilty as anybody on this. Oh, God, you can't trade Rudy Gobert. I, I We've... <laughs> For two years. This one. For two years. Go find it on the channel. That's the beautiful thing. It's on the channel. For two years, we've told you they, they are going to trade. They tried to trade him last trade deadline. They were talking to people. They were talking to people last summer about it. When you sign a guy who can't score on his own to a $41 million AAV deal, you're going <laughs> to trade that guy. RJ Barrett is a nice player. He is a good player. He is not a championship caliber superstar. You know, he's not nobody. I'm telling you now, nobody's like, oh yeah, RJ Barrett. Oh man, let me extend him. Let me go spread that bread out to RJ Barrett. There's not an NBA executive who's like, oh, I got to have RJ Barrett. Come on, man. Are there teams who would like him? Sure. Sure there are. Will he eventually get paid? Yes, he will. I don't think the Knicks are going to be the organization that pays him. I think Leon Rose knows what he has in R.J. Barrett, and I think he knows he can upgrade that position. And maybe that's the best way to say it. I think the Knicks look at R.J. Barrett as a, as a guy that they can upgrade. I'm going to say this again. I do. I've heard that repeatedly. Yeah. Somebody will pay R.J. Barrett, but it won't be the Knicks. And if you're a Knicks fan, 
I just ask you, is R.J. Barrett good enough? Is that the guy that you want when it when when the game's on the line? You're willing to put him with Luca. You're willing to put him with the LeBrons. You're willing to put him with the KDs, the Stephs, the the Clays, the Dre's, Kawhi. You're willing to put him with Kawhi, Paul George. Think about the best teams in this league. Who's the single best team in the East? Is he Chris Middleton? Is is he even Jalen Brown? Is is he Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Is R.J. Barrett, uh, and that's a really good comparison, is R.J. Barrett on par with Jalen Brown? I'm telling you he's not. R.J. Barrett's a cut below those guys. R.J. Barrett and Donovan Mitchell are on the same tier. One of them is going to take a huge step forward, and the other one's going to be watching. <clears throat> and I, based on what I've seen out of Donovan Mitchell this summer, my Fervent belief is he's going to score thirty points a game, this and we're year. getting we're getting tape on R.J. Barrett. There were some highlights the other yeah. day that came out. I mean, he's definitely working, but I just, yeah, look, I, I just think, in my opinion, I think Donovan's got more top end. I think there's it's unequivocal, it's not in doubt that Donovan Mitchell is a more athletic player. He's yes. more gifted athletically. He can move better. He, His it, creativity yes. at the rim. His yes, ability, the, the Euro, the, the, the swing through, the, his, his mid-range game right now looks unbelievable. Listen, the other thing we're not talking about with R.J. Barrett, and I, and I don't know how we went down this R.J. Barrett rabbit hole, but Knicks fans, you need to come around to the idea that R.J. Barrett's not a killer. Like, you need to understand that. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to identify the fact that R.J. Barrett is not a killer. He's just not. And Donovan Mitchell is a killer. You realize two years ago, I think I saw it on Twitter. It was either two or three years ago. I think it was two years ago. Donovan Mitchell put up, I think, 55 points in the bubble in game one against the Nuggets in the playoffs. 55 points. He is the third player to ever do that. Like, this guy is a special player. R.J. Barrett didn't do that. Yep, I agree. Uh, New York sports guy says the last media session, D. Mitch said he was going to think about what he wants to do, and you never heard anything else. Ainge told D. Mitch to be quiet. Okay, well, nobody's telling Donovan Mitchell to be quiet. Yeah, one. that's not a little Number worse. two, that media session was just after they got knocked out of the playoffs, and Donovan Mitchell said he needed some time and space. What What would you want him to say? By the I'm way, I'm not trying to be cryptic. The other thing that I think is really important to understand here is Donovan Mitchell owns the media in this town. Donovan Mitchell doesn't talk to anybody. That's the thing that's incredible. And, and I'll be candid with you and tell you, I, I I would put it at 30 calls, probably at least that many emails and text messages trying to get in touch with him. I've talked to people close to Donovan. His agent, his agent Ty Sullivan, has never not one time re- returned a phone call about, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get, like I said to his agent, hey, all I'm asking you for is a five-minute conversation. If I got to fly to New York, if I got to go to Miami, I will do that. Hey, I just want to fight. Don't even have him on the show. Won't return a phone call. We still won't, never talk sometimes. Won't return a phone call. Well, like, it's amazing talking to people at CAA. All, the, all, they, all they are willing to say about Donovan Mitchell is, he is not unhappy in Utah. He is not asking for a trade. He has not demanded a trade. Talking to people at the Jazz, he has never once told us that he is frustrated or wants out. They have consistently communicated with Donovan Mitchell about what their plan is. 
So we can sit here and we can have this conversation about Don wants out and Danny told him to be quiet. Nobody tells Donovan Mitchell to be quiet. Yeah. Nobody has to tell him, hey, don't talk to the media. By the way, Come by on. the way, another question that should be brought up for Knicks, Knicks fans. Anybody see the report out of New York that Dolan's going to sell the team? Anybody see that? Is that at all on your radar? Yeah. He, they're not going to spend. Dude, if your owner is going to sell the team in a couple of seasons once the Las Vegas project is done, you really think that they're going to go and, and tr make all these huge trades and financial commitments on the basketball side if he's going to sell the team in a couple of years? Come on, dude. I just I don't buy that, that the Knicks are going to do anything outlandish. I think the Knicks are willing to do what they're willing to do, and Danny is willing to do what he's willing to do, and they're not close, and that's what it is. And I think... That's why the Knicks are the Knicks with all due respect. Like I don't like I'm not I'm not even a Knicks hater. I actually really appreciate the Knicks. I think they're one of the best, you know, one of those they're they're a heritage organization in the league, like the Lakers, like the Celtics, it's the Knicks, it's the Bulls. Like when the Knicks are good, it's better for the NBA. Yes. I need Carmelo Anthony putting up 40 on Christmas Day in a Knicks uniform. I needed that, you know, all those years ago. Who's that guy? Who's going to be the next Carmelo Anthony? Because it's not R.J. Barrett. It's not Jalen Brunson. It sure as hell is not Julius Randle. Who's going to be that guy? I, you know, I, I think it's I think it's to be determined. I don't think that guy's I, on the roster right now, to be clear. No, He's not on not. the roster. And Jalen Brunson ain't that dude. Like, no. I, I mean, I think everybody's well aware of that. He'll have nice moments. He'll have big games. But he's not that guy. And they've been looking... You, I mean, you're in New York, like where it's point guard heaven. Like you're looking for that guy. Frank Nilakina should have been that guy. He just was never that dude, mm -hmm. right? Like they, he was never that guy, right? Uh, Antonio Ruiz says, we had Randall playing point guard, LOL. How Brunson doesn't change anything. How Brunson doesn't change anything on the Knicks. Well, I don't think anybody Nobody said that Brunson said, doesn't dude. change anything. See, this is what you can't do. What See, you, this is the what problem. What are you talking about? You can't do that. You can't twist our words and say, oh, well, you guys said that, uh, you know, acquiring Jalen doesn't change anything. We didn't say that. Jalen helps them. It, he will improve them. But what I said was, is he's not going to be the legend that Carmelo Anthony was he's in the not, Knicks He's unit. not a transformative player. He's not. Like, he's just not. You know, like, I, I think that the truth about Jalen Brunson is we're going to find out what he is. Because when you play with Luka Doncic, that guy doesn't pass the ball. Luka Doncic, in my opinion, stunted the growth of Jalen Brunson. I think stunted his creative creativity offensively. I'm either going to be proven wrong or, or I'm going to be proven very right about that. Because I think Jalen Brunson is going to, to be a dominant ball guy for the Knicks. And he's really good in the mid-range. We've seen him operate in the paint. Nobody has, mm -hmm. to, nobody has to tell the Jazz that Brunson can play in the mid-range, right? Jalen Brunson was better when Luka Doncic was out. When Luka came back, Jalen Brunson was limited. Mm -hmm. And my question is, who's the Luka Doncic on the Knicks? Well, there's not one. So you would think, you would think that if you bring this group back to, together and you don't add Donovan Mitchell... You would think that Jalen Brunson's going to be an alpha there. And, and the question is, very simply, does he make guys like Quentin Grimes? Does he make the McBrides? Does he make the Randalls, the RJs? Does Jalen Brunson make them better? I don't know the answer to that question. But I think Jalen Brunson is an alpha dog in a Nick uniform is good. It's not great. Mm -hmm. He's not the reason you're winning a championship. 
It just it just isn't. Uh, creating Home says going to be four picks. T Money says you know nothing about the Knicks, bro. Please stop claiming you know so much. Okay, what what have I been wrong about? Uh, Knicks will be 2026 NBA champ. Says the Knicks are extending RJ. That's the biggest non-secret in the league. Sure, that doesn't mean that he's a great. He's he's a difference-making player or a championship player. Extend him, pay him. I, That's what the Knicks do. Pay guys they shouldn't I mean, pay. He is like, <laughs> again. RJ Barrett's not a bad player. Yeah, he's not a bad player. RJ's a guy that is is he's good enough, but he's not. I, I will just go. Is he, Nick fan? Is he the guy that you think is going to carry you to a promised land of any kind? Does he take you to the top of the Eastern Conference? No. You extend R.J. Barrett. Does he put you with Milwaukee? Does he put you with Philly? Does he put you with Chicago? Are the Knicks better than the Bulls right now today? Obviously not. They're not. And extending R.J. Barrett does not make you better than the Bulls. Right? Like, you're probably... I mean, if you look at what's going on in the East, I mean, there's been there's been actually pretty significant movement in the East. I mean, if, if you look at... I mean, Washington's going to be trash. I, I, I don't, I don't worry about them. But I would think Toronto's going to be better. I mean, everybody on that roster is going to be a year older, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. right? So you look at Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's going to be better. Although that Giannis comment about playing in Chicago, mm-hmm. am I the only one that found that to be a little odd? But this is what happens when guys talk. Yeah, which is right? why a lot of guys don't talk. So you know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Malik Shabazz says they don't have to sign Barrett till the end of this year, and they're trading Randall to open up space to re-sign Barrett. I would have traded Julius Randall at the deadline. But do you see my? Do you see what I'm getting at with the R.J. Barrett thing? You're you're talking about, and again, trade Julius Randall. Totally good with it. Yeah, move on from him. But you're you're talking about the reason you're trading Julius is to open up space to sign R.J. You really want to sign RJ to a max. You really want to sign RJ to whatever the most he can get paid is. Like, I I don't know, man. I just, I don't think that RJ is the guy that's going to take you somewhere. As we keep saying, like, not to be repetitive, but I don't, I don't say to myself, okay, championship player, difference maker. I want this guy. Got to have this guy on my team. Okay. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be Steph Curry, LeBron, Durant, like Luca. All those guys you can make a strong case for. Andrew Wiggins or R.J. Barrett? Andrew Wiggins right now. I think I think Andrew Wiggins before he played for the Golden State Warriors is close. But now, and this is the beautiful thing, when you get to play with Steph Curry and you get to learn all that stuff, you're going to get better. Another issue I have with R.J. Barrett on the Knicks, who's he learning from? There's not anybody on that team he's learning from. Well, and I think Andrew Wiggins showed you he can carry you. When you're best players, and that's what championship caliber teams are. And I think this is who R.J. Barrett can be. I think R.J. Barrett can be the guy who fills a gap when a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson is struggling. When Draymond Green's struggling to get off in Boston. R.J. Barrett can step into that kind of void. Andrew Wiggins has done that already in the biggest games of his career in the NBA Finals. Right now, today, I'm taking Andrew Wiggins. But R.J. Barrett's going to be 22 years old. Every year, he's gotten better. His three-point percentage, I think, was better last year, and this has been something that's been talked a lot about. He took exponentially more shots per game from three last year. I think he took another two shots a game from three last year. R.J. Barrett's gotten better, and he's still just 22, going to be 22 years old. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think there's a lot of upside. I just don't ever see R.J. Barrett being the, the alpha male that leads your team to a championship. I just don't see him as that guy. 
He doesn't, in my opinion, the biggest thing is I just don't think he has the demeanor to do that. Yeah. Certainly not in New York City. I mean, you look at you look at how difficult it is to achieve greatness in New York. There's a reason that New York is going through a cold streak. Look what the media is doing to the, Na- the Yankees. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are having a terrible August. Terrible. After a dominant July, they are having a dreadful August. And the, the media is writing them off. Burn it down. Trade them all. They all suck. Fire Booney. Like, As you can see, there's not much hope for you left. You know, like, I don't know what's wrong with that team. They're just not hitting. Right? But are you really? Like, that's what the media does. Zach Wilson, already a bust. Now, I think there's credence in that conversation, but what's the problem? He plays for the Jets, who are a nobody. And the Giants are a nobody. And the Knicks are a nobody. And the Nets are a nobody. The Mets, frankly, are the best team in New York right now. Right? So it's a very difficult place to go and win. So when you're when you're talking about, hey, is RJ Barrett that guy? No, I don't think he's that guy, especially not in New York. Especially not in New York. Hello, man. So anyway. All right, let's get a couple more comments in here. Jose Rivera says, logically, if you hear any non-jazz analysis, you are going to find other points of view. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Um, DW says, Barrett will be better than Donovan Mitchell. I just don't see that happening. I disagree. I think Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell right now is probably on the cusp of top 10. If he brings, and he has done this consistently over the last three years, if Donovan Mitchell brings development back to the game this year. So he clearly has to be a better, more wanting, capable defender. There's no doubt because you don't, you're not, the system is not going to feed everything to Rudy Gobert, which by the way, I think that's part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. When you talk about RJ Barrett versus Donovan Mitchell, RJ is a better defensive player than, than Donovan. I don't even know that there's an argument to be had there. Right. But I think Donovan has been in a system that has said, okay, Hey, well feed it all into Rudy. Feed it all into Rudy. I think that's been their defensive game plan for the last three years specifically. I think Donovan Mitchell, we've seen in these open runs and we've seen in his work, his he, his footwork is already way better mm-hmm. than it was at any point last year. At any point last year. So that's certainly something that, that I would be looking at. And I think Donovan Mitchell, I certainly believe that he is going to bring a much larger and maybe the right way to say this is a much more significant presence in the mid-range game. His tool bag in the mid-range is pretty good. Yeah. Based on what we've seen. His he is added to depth to his mid-range. His three-point shots easy for him now. Yeah. That's what he came back with last summer. Is he showed up with easy three-point range. Now he's got to become an, a killer. He's got to become Chris Paul, Devin Booker, um, DeMar DeRozan, he's got to become that level of mid-range player. And if Donovan does that, he's top five in the league. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. Absolutely. He'll score 30 points a game, and he'll be a top five player in this league yeah. right now this year. If he shows up with that mid-range and his footwork truly is as good as it looks in these in these summer workouts, which one of the things, I mean, you can't, who cares how many points you scored at the Drew? Like, It's not about how many points With all scored, due dude. respect, it doesn't yeah. matter, right? Yeah. But what you see historically in these summer workouts is the little mechanical things. 
Donovan Mitchell's footwork is significantly better Yeah, in, in these summer workouts. Frank Corona Jr. gives us a $5 tip. Appreciate you very much. He says, with three unprotected New York picks, two protected picks from other teams, Toppin or Quickly plus salary, get the deal done. I do not no. think that gets the deal no. done. I think Danny wants four unprotected picks. I think he wants two more picks. I think on top of those six, he wants swaps. And I think Quentin Grimes and Quickly are absolutely must-haves in that deal. And Leon Rose, from what sources have told us all along, Leon Rose has said, we are not trading Quentin Grimes. Like, there was a point where they were having that conversation. And to go back to the R.J. Barrett argument, when the Knicks were talking about, hey, R.J. Barrett, Danny Ainge immediately went to Quentin Grimes. And I think Leon was willing to, at some point, have that conversation at three picks. But not at six picks. Yeah. And now I just think that that Leon's at a point where he's never going to include Quentin Grimes for for Donovan Mitchell. I just I don't know what it would I don't know what it would take to get Leon Grimes to trade Quentin or Leon Rose to trade Quentin Grimes to the Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it'd have to be two picks. Yeah. It, like they I wouldn't do that deal. Honest to goodness, I would I would not do that deal. If I'm Leon Rose, I'm not I'm not willing to tra- trade Quentin Grimes. I'm just not. Uh, New York Jazz fan, good morning to you. He tips us $1.99. He says, great show as always. Let's hit that like button. Yeah, please give us a thumbs up. Um, it really helps this show grow. If you're not subscribed, please hit subscribe. Click the notification bell. All of that really helps this show grow. And, you know, frankly, you guys have have done an unbelievable job. I mean, I, we do this show in my my son's basement. Right. I mean, if you ask about the Twitter, you know. the Twitter experts on our show last night told us that we do this show in, I guess, what's my basement, even though I don't have a basement. So, you know, it I mean, just... So, whose basement is this? I, not, I mean, it's R.J. Barrett's basement. Thank See? you. See? Thanks, Leon. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, you know... You know, appreciate you very much, MI Jazz fan. Talking uh, about the very latest uh, on Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks and what the Knicks are, uh, you know, wanting, what the Jazz are willing to do. Like we've we've talked about this pretty consistently over the last, I don't know what six weeks at this point. I guess forever. And you know, you get this feeling that both sides, I think, would be open to a deal. I just don't think that either side is desperate to make this happen. I think the Jazz are in a position where, again, you're hosting the All-Star game this year. Um, it would be incredibly awkward for the NBA, in my opinion, to say, well, hey, yeah, they don't have a star. They don't have a starter. Because, I mean, is Jordan Clarkson no. an All-Star? I don't know. We'll see. Fringe All-Star. Maybe, we'll maybe not. I mean, sixth man of the year. He's got the potential. But Donovan Mitchell's an All-Star. If Donovan Mitchell's on this team, he's representing the Jazz in the All-Star game. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. Yeah. So I yeah. think when you look at the Jazz, it'd be awfully difficult to sell a fan base and not have a Utah Jazz star in that game. Yeah, I mean, I think That'd there's a lot tough. of credence to to keeping Don for just that purpose. I think that Donovan Mitchell helps you sell jerseys. He gives you representation in the All-Star game. I Like, you know, I mean, your star players do that for you, you know? R.J. Barrett does that for the Knicks, right? Like, Jalen Brunson does that for the Knicks, you know? I just think that 
the all-star game when it's in your building you you want to put on a good show so i'm not sitting here certainly saying that they're not doing this deal because donovan has to represent them in the all-star game that definitely isn't the case but i just think that it, it would help the jazz a lot to to have him there for yeah. sure representing them we'll see all right let's get your comments in here ryan skandura again here utah is desperate why entertain all these offers what all these offers? What? Are, well, hold on. Wait, wait. What are they desperate for? Help me understand. What are they desperate for? What well, is it that they're just so thirsty for? But Jake, they only have three years of club control left on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and, well, and he's definitely leaving at the end of those you know, three years, right? Like he's for sure out because Donovan Mitchell hates playing here because he said that exactly zero times. Yeah. Right. Okay. Zero. Got I it. don't understand that. That. Got whole, it. Got it. Okay. That whole narrative. That, that's one I've always struggled with. You know, uh, let's see. Uh, Rance says rebuild more important than the All-Star game. Yeah, but I, I think, I th and yeah, Boyd Lake, here's the thing. I think Danny wants to rebuild around Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we've, we've heard that, I mean, easily since December. And then they trade Rudy Gobert, and what's the first thing that, that Adrian Wojnarowski reported? Now, I know we don't know what we're talking about, right? Like, according right. to Nick, Knicks fans, we're the stupidest basketball people in the world. Like, for instance. But we told you in December that the Jazz were going to build around Donovan Mitchell. We told you in December that they were going to trade Rudy Gobert. So then the trade of Rudy Gobert happened, but we're stupid. And then B, <laughs> what did Adrian Wojnarowski report about the Jazz? that they were building around Donovan Mitchell and they are not going to trade him. <laughs> and then what did Adrian Wojnarowski report about the Jazz? Well, if they get blown away, if they get blown away by an offer, they'll trade Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what we reported like a week before that. So, By the way, just saying, all the, all the air quotes receipts are on YouTube. Go find it. I mean, you're ha I'm happy to have you go fish through our archives. I, I really am like, that's the, that's the best part about being on YouTube. And I, we can't hide from what we've said. Yeah. Knock yourself out, man. Um, Jay, let's see. JJ 47 K says, keep your all-star then and sell your jerseys. I don't know if those jerseys are going to, the jazz jerseys. Yeah. I don't think people are buying highlighters, bro. Yeah, we'll see. Sorry. Uh, Pudge NYC says Clarkson will rep the jazz. Could, Absolutely, he could be an all-star, no doubt. Because, I mean, if, let's say you do trade Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson's a starter. Because you're not going to trade. I don't think you're trading Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell. I just, I don't think yeah. that's happening. I don't see any way, shape, or form that you're doing both of those. Uh, DW says, uh, Utah's best bet is to trade everyone away for picks and tank for Victor. Look, VW's a nice player. <laughs> the Jazz have almost no shot at that. It... it they have no shot what at the, the number one overall pick in the draft. What is your percentage on that when you're in the lottery? Isn't it like 15% or something? You know, when you're the number, when you get to, to get that number one overall pick in the lottery. And frankly, um, and frankly, you are in a situation where, I mean, you're just, do you know how hard it is to get that pick? If you're, if you're, if you're aiming for the number one overall pick in the draft, you're hoping you can't you can't scheme to get the number one pick in the draft. I want it. You can't make a trade to get the number one pick in the draft. That's damn near impossible to do. 
There's just no, and by the way, if you're making that trade, you're making it likely leading up to the draft. So you're, you're, you're trading from a position where you're leveraged. Like there, it just doesn't, it's not something Danny Ainge has ever done. You're burning your organization down for the chance to get the number one overall just for pick. The, just, just for the, the opportunity. Chance. It's not even guaranteed that you're getting the pick. And who has any, like, it just makes no business sense. Like, no. it makes, if you are aiming for the number one pick in the draft, you're doing basketball wrong. Yeah. You're just, that's just not how you win championships. The days of Steph, Clay, and Dre, do you understand how much pain they went through to get that? Mm-hmm. Do you understand how bad and for how long they were bad mm-hmm. to get that? Yeah, you just, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I, that, I just don't, I don't see that. That's an actual plan. I really don't. Hullabilly says, "Jazz fans don't give a damn what the Knicks fans think. Y'all are the ones watching." Well, I mean, we and we appreciate you being here. Uh, Major Money Entertainment TV says, "I was saying this when they was at the game." When you were saying what? Knicks uh, will be 2026 champs, says Clarkson is a fringe all-star, but you wouldn't re-sign RJ. No, that's not what I said. (laughs) That's not what I said. What I said is somebody's going to pay RJ Barrett. But if I'm trying to build a right now championship caliber club, no, I am not extending RJ Barrett. Yeah. And I'm not picking RJ Barrett over Donovan Mitchell in any way, shape, or form. I'm not. And by the way, if I'm the Knicks, I probably am extending RJ, but you still got to go get a superstar. Yeah. Let's be honest about what the Knicks will likely do. They will likely not trade for Donovan Mitchell. They will likely go and use those assets to get a superstar because Leon's not dumb. Leon Rose knows he needs a star player. Leon Rose knows he doesn't have a star player. He knows that RJ is a good role player. So you're probably going to re-sign him. The money isn't even that much money. It's just you're tying yourself to him, and he's got to continue to grow and develop, right? But do you want to pay for him to grow and develop while you try and win a championship? I, it just it, it is when you have a guy like R.J. Barrett and your stated goal is to do things differently than you've always done things. Mm-hmm. Which essentially, I mean, Leon Rose has said about two words total to the media. By the way, uh, but Leon doesn't. Does that mean he wants to be? I traded? was going to say that kind of seems like a theme, right? Guys don't talk, and that means they want to be traded, right? Oh boy. Anyway, my point is, I I just think Leon Rose has a plan. He's on schedule, and let's wait and see who the superstar is he gets. Because you and I both know he's going to get a superstar. The Knicks deserve that. The Nick Nick the Knicks deserve that. No matter what you, no matter if you're a Nick fan or not, on the very minimum, the the Garden needs that. New York needs that. Nick fans deserve. Look how long Nick fans have suffered. They're you know this. What I like these things. They're this bitter because they've suffered for so long. Right, like you're probably changing your head coach before you win a championship. Right, I mean, you may not. I don't know. Would it be a shame to win a championship with Jimmy Dolan as your owner? Yeah. Who cares? You won a championship. How many times? You know. Dude, how many times are the Knicks going to have to get roasted by Trey Young before they, you know, take that next step as an organization? How many times are you going to have to go through situations like that? How many times are you going to have to lose in the playoffs? You know, like all these just uh, they need to be better. 
They, it's they just do. that simple. They do. Uh, Daniel Westover, good morning, says Knicks fans like to say that keeping Don is a bad idea because you're not bad enough to get in the lottery. But why tank to get someone not as good as the person you already have under contract? That's what I'm saying. And he's young. It'd be different if he was 30 years old. Donovan Mitchell is 25. He's young. Entering he, his prime. I, I I agree with you 100%, Daniel. I just It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Twister says, why don't the Knicks get Chutia like Beverly? I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, Arel N. Israel says, RJ's 21, DM's 25. He should be better right now. But RJ will ascend this year and and Crow will be served cold by Knicks fans. I hope so. I hope it is. You know I hope why? It is. You know why? You know why I hope it is? Because Knicks fans being here and having the conversation is good for the show. That's the truth of it. It's good for the show. And the thing is, if RJ ascends and becomes that guy, that's good for the Knicks. And if the Knicks are better, that's good for the NBA. So again, yeah. that's the funny thing. We're not sitting here hating on the Knicks. We want the Knicks to be better. Yeah, that's like, the best part of this. You know what I mean? Nick like, fans are like, you guys are haters. How are we hating on the Knicks? Like, we're just having a conversation about the fact that RJ's not a killer in our opinion. Now, I grew up hating John Starks. But what NBA fan outside of the Knicks fans didn't hate John Starks? But I got to tell you, the best pair of shoes I ever owned was Grandma Ma. I was a huge LJ fan. Huge Patrick Ewing fan. Come on, man. I don't hate the Knicks. Get out of here with that. Uh, you know, uh, let's see. But Leon has time because Knicks fans are more passionate than they've ever been, although some are not. Well, I mean, I think passion wanes. You know, I, I think passion wanes back and forth. Uh, Big V, CEO. Mitchell is not a superstar. I think debatable. Um, I think I think this year is the, is the tip, absolute tipping point for Donovan Mitchell's career. I think if Donovan Mitchell comes back, and by all accounts, he will. Donovan Mitchell will come back with a new bag. Mm -hmm. If he comes back with a new bag of tricks, and he is, again, if he defends and he plays in the mid-range at an elite level, forget it. The guy's top five in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, he's top five in the NBA. There's, they, He's going to, if he does that, and I think he's going to, he will average 30 points a game. Mm -hmm. I will say that until I'm blue in the face or he does not do it. He will average, I mean, the guy... Didn't Donovan Mitchell average like 26 points a game this year? Like the guy is as good as RJ Barrett's season was. Mm -hmm. And again, we just talked about RJ's RJ numbers. averaged I mean, 20 this past season. Yeah. RJ Barrett at 22 years old will probably average what? 24. You would hope 24, 24, 26 points a game. That'd be great, right? But when you look at Donovan Mitchell's numbers, just his raw, pure numbers, this is a cat that averages 26 points a game. And if you look at his numbers, for the last two years, he's averaged 26 points a game. If you look at his numbers, he's taken almost 10 threes a game now, which is way more than he's ever averaged in his career, right? And he's shooting 35% on a, on a very flawed, very flawed Utah Jazz team. And by the way, the biggest concern that no Nick fan has even brought up is can Donovan Mitchell play 82 games a year? Yeah. And then on top of that, play what, 20 more? Can he play 100 games a year and stay healthy doing it? You got to prove that. Got to prove it. He's only, only played 67 games this year. He's never played a full season. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest criticism that I have of Donovan, of Donovan Mitchell is he's, he's not somebody that's played a full season. Yeah. And his injuries have significantly damaged the Jazz' ability 
to win a championship. Mm-hmm. They are. And we'll see. Does that change? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, Major Money Entertainment TV says, LOL, we've suffered. Have So you think that being a Knicks fan has not been difficult for the last decade at least? So I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. All I care about is winning. All I care, look, I'm a Bulls fan. All I've done since Mike walked out the door was suffer. We have one of the worst owners in professional sports. All I've done is is suffer. When's the next great Nick moment going to happen? I know Steph can break the three-point record in the garden. I know that Kobe can have all those moments, right? Like, when is the next great thing for the Knicks going to happen in the garden? It's an interesting question. And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Bodega Wi-Fi, what's up? Bodega. Not like Leon would know what a CAA client would want. Well, there you go. Uh, Arel Ain Israel says, Donovan Mitchell, not a superstar. Jazz fans have suffered more. Being sparring partners every summer for the next champ gets old fast. I think the Jazz have been... The suffrage of the Jazz fan versus the Knicks fan is completely different. Yeah. The Jazz have taken you right to the point where Jazz fans believed they were going to win a championship. I don't think, and I think, again, it lives on YouTube, I think for the last three years, this has been a horribly flawed roster. I mean, roster construction in Utah has been a disaster, in yeah, my opinion. not good. So I think the suffering's been different. There's never been an expectation the Knicks were going to win a championship. For the last three years, that's all Jazz fans have thought. Yeah. That's all they've thought. Mr. E, good morning to you. Holding future for R.J. Barrett, Knicks fans become mediocre like Orlando Magic fans. I think if you're holding on to R.J. Barrett as your future superstar, I think that's probably a mistake. <coughs> Scandura says, why are we comparing R.J. and Donovan Mitchell when they're going to be teammates next season? <coughs> we'll see. We'll see. Pudge NYC, Utah are choke artists. Word to Stockton and Malone. Holy cow. Uh, okay. Brother BKL Contreras. Brother. Brother. Uh, Monty, if you if you saw Rudy Gobert trade, you never know what the Knicks can do to get D. Mitch in a trade. Besides, Danny Ainge knows everything since the last 10 years, and I really hate him. Wow. Okay, I mean, you know, I think if, if you're asking me to prognosticate, to guess. To, to prognosticate. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Donovan Mitchell's going to camp with the Jazz. I I, I feel pretty good about that. I think that Donovan Mitchell, his best chance to get traded is probably a year from now. A year from now, will Donovan Mitchell be with the Jazz? Probably not. Maybe not. 70% he, he, he is. 30% yeah. he's not. Because here's, here's the question you have to ask yourself. If you don't trade Donovan Mitchell, he scores 30 points a game. He's an all-star. He raises his level. Are you going to trade him a year from now? Why would he? Why would you? I started having second thoughts. Right? Unless he demands a trade, if Donovan Mitchell takes that big of a leap, yeah. the Jazz are going to be a playoff team. If Donovan Mitchell takes that big of a leap, the Jazz are going to make trades to strengthen the people around him. If Donovan Mitchell takes that big of a leap and the Jazz make trades to strengthen the roster around him, they're going to contend. Yeah. And he's not going to ask for a trade. So I'm saying it's not a burn it down rebuild. That's no. just not what they're doing. No, it's not. I agree. Uh, let's see. Dylan Rodriguez says, any pieces the Mavs have that you'd want in a trade? Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim God, Hardaway like Jr. The injury stuff, bro. It's tough. Like, we talked about this yesterday on the show that the Jazz finally have 
an avenue to trade Mike Conley, according to sources, which is the Lakers, I think, would really like Mike Conley and Tim Hardaway Jr. I think Dallas would really like Talon Horton Tucker and Boyan Bogdanovich. And I think the Lakers would get picks and a player in return in that scenario to make those th- that deal the work. Jazz. The Jazz, excuse me, would get a picks and a player in return. I said the Knicks. Thank you for catching that. Um, I think the Jazz have an avenue to trade Mike Conley, and I think that there is a a more than likely chance that happens. Yeah, because I think Boyan Bogdanovich has real value to championship contenders. Definitely, he plays a lot of games. Now that shot he missed this year in Dallas really hurts. Because that was an open look that Boyan Bogdanovich should have knocked down. Too fucking bad, man. But I think Dallas, I think Dallas, I think the Lakers really like, really, really like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Mike Conley. I think the Lakers really like guys that could hurt constantly. That's what I think the Lakers like. Yeah, I'm not telling you that's a smart deal for the Lakers. I was going to say, I mean, if they want to take them, great, make the deal. You know what I mean? Like, send them out. I would right now. I mean, that's just me. I, I, I would not. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, Kay Nuren says, New York will be wanting what the Jazz have, Don and winning. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the, day that, the day that the Jazz trade Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks or somebody else, it's a, it's a sad day for Utah. Yeah. He is a phenomenal player. Pack your and, shit, let's go. Yeah, I really hope that Jazz fans appreciate who Donovan Mitchell is right now and appreciate the work ethic and appreciate the professionalism. And I think Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith do. I, I, I think that's why they value him so highly because Don's not a problem. Donovan Mitchell's not a problem. He's not a locker room menace. Right. He's a guy that you know right now. Donovan Mitchell, it is, what is it? It's almost 10 o'clock in New York. Donovan Mitchell is somewhere working. Donovan Mitchell's in, I think he's in Miami right now. Donovan Mitchell's somewhere working on something. His body, his game, his footwork. Don's working somewhere. You know that. You don't have to know it for fact. You just know that. Yeah. Because he works his ass off. Donovan Mitchell cares. Donovan Mitchell wants to improve and grow. Donovan Mitchell wants to break your heart. How the fuck else would you do this job? And it's going to be a shame. When the Jazz trade Donovan Mitchell, it's a very bad day for the Jazz. Don't, don't, don't mince words. The trade may be the greatest trade ever made in the history of the NBA. Yeah. They could get 30 uh, you know, unprotected first-round picks, and it's a bad, bad day for the Jazz because he's flipping amazing. He is a good player. He is a really good player. He is a good teammate. I think his leadership and maturity is yet to be seen, mm-hmm. but make no mistake that when they trade him, Jazz fans will have undervalued him. Jazz fans will have underappreciated him. Donovan Mitchell's a guy you want on your team. Yeah. And I I just I hope they don't do it. I I and right now I feel like from what I've I've heard and the information I've gotten, 80% he goes to to camp with the Jazz. All gas, no break. I, the Jazz are planning to have him in camp. And I, I think there's a pretty good chance that happens. I just Yeah. Yeah, man. man. I hope they don't trade him. Mesh, good morning to you. He says, the Knicks are garbage. You have accomplished as much as the Orlando Magic the last five to ten years. That was my point. (laughs) That was my point. If you're the Knicks, and I know everybody in here that's a Knicks fan has, you know, is saying, oh, well, you're just ripping RJ. But I'm asking you to be honest about RJ Barrett. 
or anybody on this roster, Jalen Brunson, I mean, pick your nick. Is there a an alpha dog that can lead this Nick team to a championship? Because I'm telling you there's not. No. And I'm telling you right now, you're no better than the Jazz. The Jazz are no better than the Magic. The Jazz are no better than any of the bottom feeder teams. The Knicks, the Magic, the Kings. Pick the worst team in the NBA. I don't care. They're all on par because none of them are contending for a championship right now. Yeah. None of them. The Jazz are not championship contenders. And that's why you play the game, right? To win championships. It's the only thing players care about. Yeah. You know, like this is what I say about the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, Katie, Kyrie, your mom, his cousin. And they're no better than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. Thanks, Kyrie. Thanks. They're, they're no better. They're, they're, they, I mean, it, you look at, even as a Bulls fan, there's not a championship caliber player on the Bulls. Let, let's stop messing around with, oh, well, look at Zach Levine who's not a championship caliber player and he has a less than stable knee. Are we clear on that? DeMar DeRozan's not a one, he's a two. Nikola Vucevic? Nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, he's not. You know, I, I look at the teams that are legitimate championship contenders in the East. Look at the 76ers. That's a club that's a championship contender. Yeah. Because they've got two legit guys and you've got an alpha dog. 21's an alpha dog, man. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, Joe's a beast. You look at you look at Milwaukee. They've already been there. They've already done that. If Chris Middleton can stay healthy, he's played a lot of basketball. If Middleton can stay healthy and Giannis continues to stop talking about the Bulls, which is dumb, they're a championship <laughs> contender. But other than that, who is there in the is Atlanta now a championship contender? Well, it's Minnesota. You know. Yeah. Minnesota. You, yeah. I've seen some of those comments this morning. Yeah. But if you look at the West, I mean, Golden State very clearly. Yeah. Is Clay Thompson going to be better than he was in the finals? I think so. Are they going to pay all those guys? Yeah, I think they will. Do, does Kaminga and Wiseman ever turn into something? We'll see. Are the Suns really? Can you really today say the Suns are a championship contender? With DeAndre Ayton on that roster, I can't. Chris Paul is, I think Chris Paul is 47 years old now. Right, Devin Booker's their guy. I don't think they're a championship contender. Book has proving to do, in my opinion. Yes. What Lots. about Memphis? What about Denver? What about what about the Clippers? Is Kawhi going to play a game? Dame going to actually be healthy this year? Portland, even with Dame healthy, Portland's not a championship contender. I, I, I just think there are very few. There's two, three, four teams. That's it. That's all. Yeah. That's it. And we haven't seen... We And that's today on August 17th. That's today. We got to see what happens the rest of the offseason. That, that's, you know, to me, that's the, the biggest question. Uh, let's see. Uh, brother BKL Contreras. Brother. Brother. Also, good morning to everyone in this channel. Why did I say that? I don't know. I have no idea, but good morning <laughs> to you as well. Uh, while Will the Thrill with a thumbnail of Jordan Clarkson. The difference with the Jazz and the Knicks is no superstar will join Donovan in Utah. In New York, he has a better yeah, chance yeah, yeah. to team up with a superstar. Yeah, yeah, in free yeah. agency, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Danny Ainge is not a free agency guy. He's a trade guy. He's a trade guy. I'll just go back and again, if you're just tuning into the show this yeah. morning, we're like 90 minutes into this conversation. 
Danny Ainge and, and, and Sean Marks of the Nets make a deal for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, is he going to show up and play in Utah? Yes. Does he have a choice? No. What doesn't. the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? Doesn't have a choice. Got to show up and ball out. Put the note on your chest, even that horrendous white uniform thing. Put it on your chest and let's go play basketball. And if Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant play together and they win a championship, is Kevin Durant in a hurry to get out of Utah? Yeah, take it. See ya. No, he's not. Is Donovan Mitchell in a hurry to get out of Utah? No, he's not. Like, you, I'm telling you, you're going to trade for guys. Yeah, there are ways to do this correctly. You know, there are ways to keep Don around for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, DJ Geo says, I actually not. We are in year three of a rebuild. I actually not. We are. Okay. We don't need Mitchell to rebuild. We're not getting fleeced. I And I would agree with that. I, Leon Rose is not is not going to get but fleeced. But, dude, saying you're in year three of a rebuild is a little ridiculous as well. Like, you're not, you weren't rebuilding the last two seasons. You were trying to win. Uh, Top Junkie says, good morning, my Utah brothers. Brothers. Brother. <laughs> we are, we as Knicks fans have been in NBA purgatory since 98. Same year James Dolan's daddy bought his team. Coincidence? Reporters now saying Dolan will sell. Our luck is turning. I hope they do. I'm trying uh, to stay calm and not curse. Boyd Lake says, got to stop thinking players won't come to Utah. That, but that's part of that's part of this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this last week. You got to you got to stop thinking. Well, we're little we're in little Utah over here, just a bunch of Mormons. Time to go tithe. That's not what Utah is. Utah's a major market. You got to start thinking like a major market. You got to start acting like a major market. You have a billionaire tech tech guy as an owner. Right. Start acting like it. Start acting like it. Start behaving like that. Start transacting like that. You have the NBA All-Star game here this year. Behave like that. I'm a man. Your financial house is far better than it was before. Yep. Like I, We've got to stop this thing where there's always a stigma and a reason why we cannot. That's just not the way to live your life. Why can't we? Yeah. We can't do that. Well, here's why we will. Here's I'll how we will. Straight. Here's what we're going to do. You can't think that way. You can't. Uh, Peter Bowen says, why? Why? Because you're wasting his talent with rebuilding pieces. So the Jazz have all rebuilding pieces? I don't think so. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Kurt Valenti says, Boston offering Brown. What do the Jazz have? Nothing. Yeah, Jalen Brown's a nice piece. Jalen Brown's a very nice piece. What are you talking about? Knicks haven't done anything in free agency. There's a reason why nobody wants to sign. Agreed. Well, Jalen Brunson's not nothing. Now, granted, the family ties. But he's and all the that. first guy and the first notable guy in some time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Face says New York Jazz fan is ridiculous. Ewing fought the Bulls. Yes, we lost to them, but losers is a stretch. Jazz is no big club. The Knicks have operated at an embarrassing level for how long? For how long? Too long. Too long. You're right. in New York, bro. It's not good enough to be a terrible team. It's just not. Like, yep. it's not good enough for the Jets to suck like every single year in in every single year. Tell us, oh well, we drafted Zach Wilson. We drafted Mark Sanchez. We drafted Sam Darnold. We drafted all these guys and Zach they Wilson. all seem to suck. Zachy Poo. So whose fault is it? Is it Zach Wilson's fault or is it the Jets' fault? Is it R.J. Barrett's fault, or is it Dolan's fault? Whose fault is it? You know? Like, I, it just, it, it's real. Like, it's not a lot. I'm telling you, these Why guys. Why are you paying Aaron Judge? 
Yeah, like what are we doing? But again, here's the difference. The Yankees have won. Yes. So the Yankees get the benefit of the doubt. The Mets haven't won anything, right? The Mets haven't done winning in like 10 years. Yeah, it's been a long stretch. It is, it's nice to see the Rangers competitive again. You know, like I'm, I just... Boston's done a hell of a lot more than New York has recently. I'd remind you of well, that. Well, Boston, I mean, between the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Patriots... The Bruins? The Bruins. I mean, look, I'm a Chicago fan, man. We don't win ever, anything, ever. I mean, the Cubs should... No, nope, not doing it. Nope, nope. Not doing it. Uh, let's see. Greg Hawkins, good morning to you. He says he leaves us a $20 super sticker. Appreciate that, my man. Good to see you. You know, uh, Arel says Salt Lake is not Cleveland. I'm a New Yorker who would love to visit Utah and I have zero interest in visiting Cleveland. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ooh, how about that? The, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers who no longer play in San Diego and have a shitty owner signed Derwin James to a four-year, $76 million extension. That makes him the highest paid salary, paid safety in history. Good for him. Wow. That is a, uh, that is a, that's big money. Uh, Pudge NYC says Utah is the next OKC. Get out of here. What do you mean Utah is the next OKC? Seriously. So Kevin um, Durant's coming here then? Is that what you're saying? They're going to have Harden, Durant, and Russ. Oh, shit. Man, would that be the wrong way to go? Eric Fernandez says, Jazz have never won anything. Nope, don't have a chance. They haven't. They yes, haven't. Uh, yes, Joe Kerr, Tanner Plummer says. Uh, Ryan Buckley says, nobody wants to live in Utah. That's why I am I seeing all these New York license plates? Well, a ton of people want to live in Utah right now. Yeah. A ton. Yes, yes, yes. Of people. Cash Out James says, Knicks culture has clearly changed the last two to three years. Everyone just wants to troll the Knicks for viewers. I think the, I think your, your MO has changed. You're moving in the right direction. There is no yeah. doubt about that. I mean, it's now, now you've got to take that. I feel like the Knicks are at that place where now you got to take that next big jump. Mm -hmm. You know, like you need to trade Julius. You've got to get that money off your books. And I think you've got to add a legit foundational superstar. You you have to do it. Have to. You need somebody. You need a Luca gravitational personality guy who is really good at basketball. Yeah. You need that dude. Right? Like, and I don't know who that is. You know, I don't know. Cause you're not gonna get you're you're probably not getting Durant. You're not getting Kevin Durant in a Nick uniform would be unbelievable. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, Maybe but he, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, but you're not getting a LeBron. Like, if you think of the best players in the world, how many of them are actually available? How many are actually available? There's one available. I'm not saying it. You say it. Yeah, KD, Kevin Durant's available. I thought you were going to say Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> no. I ain't saying that. Nah. Um, I. That's what the Knicks need. That's what the Knicks need. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. DJ Lopez says Giants suck too. Yes, they do. Still, yeah, but but still don't have a but again, but again, I have to say this: the Giants have won in recent memory, like they did, right? Like the the millennial generation was alive and well when Eli was doing his thing in the playoffs. We all remember that catch. So my point just is: the Knicks haven't done anything. The Jets haven't done anything. Like. Like, I remember Rex Ryan in his truck, but that doesn't mean you won a Super Bowl. 
that that's the difference. Like you have to get to this next level. Like I agree, the Knicks are heading in the right direction, but I it's just it's crazy to me that Nick fans are like, oh well, yeah, we gotta resign RJ but Barrett. We no, gotta do all these things. But there's no hate in saying the Jazz haven't won a championship. They, they haven't. They have. They, they haven't. were there. They were there, and Michael Jordan took the ball from Carl Malone. It's that simple. And then ran his ass down the other end of the floor and put the ball in the hole, and that was it. I just think that you're that's you're being honest. You're not being hate. Yeah, that's not hate. I don't have a problem. And with by that. the way, if you're a Nick fan. How long are you going to put up with mediocrity? Like, I, like I just don't think it's that hard to be honest about the Knicks. It's not hard to be honest about Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. The Jazz haven't won anything ever. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is not a good enough defender. Donovan Mitchell, if he comes out and has an awful year and plays 20 games this year, there's a real good chance he never reaches his ceiling, ever. That's how important this year is for yeah. him. I, I think it, it's foolish to compare New York City to Salt Lake City. I mean, there's yeah. just not a conversation. I mean, New York is. I but mean, I think in so many ways, it's... in so many ways, like Salt Lake is definitely a hot commodity right now, just from like a, hey, where do people generally speaking want to live? There's no doubt about that. Well, I think in, in the terms of NBA players, if you look at the, you know, if you look at a, you know, one of the big storylines with Donovan Mitchell has been that, you know, he's wanted to have open, honest discussions about critical race theory in schools. And there's people here who don't want that to happen. I think that's that's why we'd be talking about him leaving. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the stigma of life as a, a black man in this in this state is not completely unfounded. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I think there's a reason Dwayne Wade wanted an, an ownership stake here. I think there's a reason that you have Silicon Slopes and you have massive tech companies and billions and billions of dollars mm -hmm. being pumped in the economy of this, this town and this state. And it's because it's a phenomenal place to live. And the other thing I think that you, you got to remember is the stigma is not the reality here. Yeah. When you come and you live here, guys fall in love with it routinely. I mean, people love living in Utah, love living in Salt Lake City. You can't beat the weather. You can't beat the culture. Like it is outdoors, indoors. There's money. There's billionaires. Like, man, the culture of the culture of places like Park City. It, I mean, it is it is really attractive, really attractive. And by the way, you can far more afford to live here than you can New York. Your income goes a lot farther here, real estate-wise, income tax-wise, than it does in New York. It, it, I'm not saying that Salt Lake City is a better place to be than New York if you are Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. You're from New York, man. You're a Westchester kid. You're, you're, you want to be in New York. I totally get that. But this idea that Utah is some trashy place to live, I, I would have you rethink that. I would. Top Junkie says New York City is the major market for all products worldwide. I think New York is a very difficult place to to live. If you could choose all different places, why do you think so many guys want to play for the Heat? Yeah. I mean, New York and L.A. financially are not that different. I think far more guys would like to wear a Laker uniform than a, a Nick uniform. Yeah, and how, you, how much does that change when Dolan sells a team? I think a lot. You know what I mean? And, I think and that's a why lot. I say, like, I don't know that I'd be – Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, it depends how it works out, right? But like, I, I don't think I'd be in a hurry to spend a crap ton of money right now if I was Leon. I wouldn't. I would be, if it is true, because again, technically those are just rumors. That's not like, you know, Dolan never said that. It's not like it's, yeah. you know, fact yet. But if the rumors are true that he is going to sell in a couple of seasons, 
if I'm the Knicks, I'm just standing pat. I'm not going all in yet because you're going to get new ownership and a new and a new vision. All right, a couple more because then we got to get rolling. Uh, Trent Oldroyd, good morning to you. The Jazz need to keep Mitchell, but also have more moves that need to happen for sure. Okay, Nuren says Danny will make the Jazz winners. Don will be a winner in Utah. It's possible. I would love nothing more than that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Ruff's official says Cleveland is a little better than Detroit, and that isn't saying much. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Detroit at all. At all. Um, as a Chicago, I don't, I don't hate Cleveland. I don't hate Cleveland at all. Rant says, uh, Katie, not on OKC. He was on, never yeah. mind. Oh my God. Never dude. mind. Don't bro. Uh, Diane says, I do believe, um, the Knicks have been changed since Leon has come aboard. This is why they are in a position they are right now to make a trade and multiple picks they have. Yeah, I would agree. He got crushed at the draft. Yeah. And then it turned out he didn't get crushed at the draft, and he actually did quite well. Uh, Rugs 89 New York says exactly. Pudge says, uh, good, young, and upcoming team. Um, let's see. New York Jazz fan says, great point, uh, Montague. I don't know who. Montague. 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 I don't know who Montague uh, is. I don't know who that is. Who so the we're, f we're just going to keep going. Utah Home Loans, good morning to you. Utah law enforcement is engaged in unbelievable human rights surveillance violations on the public at large. Facts. More info to come. Okay. okay. Cool, bro. Uh, Eric Fernandez <laughs> says, to be fair, Dolan has been pretty hands-off since the mellow days. He has. I agree. Big Kev says, Dolan is not selling the team. I actually think he will. Yeah, I do too. Uh, James Monson says, he sounds stupid. If ownership changes, then Leon can be let go. Yeah, but why would you, Leon? Leon, I think Leon Leon's Rose is doing a great job. Doing a great job. Why would yeah. you? I mean, I, I billionaires, which is what it's going to take to buy the Knicks, if that were to happen, are not dumb people. They're not. Look at Ryan Smith. I think is Ryan Smith hiring Danny Ainge is a perfect example of that. Uh, Rug says, if you need clicks, put the Knicks in your title. Works every day. I don't know, does it? I have no idea. We don't do Nick titles very often. We do jazz titles here. Uh, Giants come from wild card to championships. That is epic, Kurt Meyer says. Yeah, that was a great run. Yeah. And ended the Patriots run of an undefeated season. Angel Flores says, Don will win the all-star MVP this year in a jazz uniform. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, let's see. Leon cooked Ainge. How did he cook Ainge? They haven't made a deal. <laughs> Uh, the comic keeper says, amen, Utah melon. Okay. And host a gigantic NSA data center in Riverton. That's straight out of Orwellian nightmares. Okay, cool, bro. Um, <laughs> can I Johnson says the direction the Knicks are going and have far and have far they have got in the last few years, why they throw it all away on one player. Even if it is Donovan Mitchell, I wouldn't, I would not, but that's just me. Uh, hey, don't forget, we're giving away a trip for two to see uh, BYU and Utah. Or BYU and Utah? Um, hello? Um, hey, don't forget, we're giving away a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame um, in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. At least I didn't say Knicks. You know. BYU take on the Knicks in the Shamrock yeah, Series. Yeah! Allegiant Stadium! <laughs> you know. Uh, don't forget, we're giving away a trip for two to see uh, the BYU Cougars. <laughs> Take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at Allegiant Stadium October 8th in the Shamrock Series. You get two nights at the Palms Casino Resort and Hotel. Uh, you get two tickets to the game and a $250 gas card to get you there, and it's all able to be won at Barbecue Pit Stops. Five locations 
Logan, Lehigh, Layton, St. George, and Salt Lake City and Murray. All you have to do is walk in. There's a box on the counter that's got Jake's ugly face a on box. it. A box. It's a picture of him in the basement he doesn't even own. Yeah, it's um, not my basement. Fill out the slip, drop it in the box, and then come see us at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. On September 17th, we will draw the winner's name at halftime of the BYU-Oregon game. Yes, sir. We're having a mm-hmm. watch party. Yes, BYU yes, and yes. Oregon. We're going to have smokers lit up. We're going to have wings, pizza. It's going to be amazing. It's September 17th at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We will <laughs> announce the winner at halftime of the BYU-Oregon game. BYU. Our BYU-Notre Dame drive-away is all courtesy of our good friend, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Devery Davis, 801-543-9666. No matter where you are, if you have questions about your mortgage, call our guy Devery. Yeah, if you're a Nick fan trying to get a condo so you can watch Jalen, call Devery. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 801-543-9666. When R.J. Barrett gets traded to the Jazz, he should call Devery Davis. Yeah. 801-543-9666. Devery Davis is the best uh, mortgage guy and real estate guy in the business. He's done three mortgages for me. Um, Devery is a guy that you can count on. He's a guy that um, routinely, there's a lot of people who tell you, oh, I can't afford uh, a down payment, so I can't buy a house. That's not true. Au contraire, mon frere. Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. All right, first-time homebuyers, listen up. This one's for you. There's a huge misconception on how much it takes to buy a house. Is it 20%? Is it 10%? Is it 15%? The answer will surprise you. There's four mortgages in the United States. Two of them require no down payment. Two require very minimal down payment. Out of that down payment, um, there's lots of places to get it from. There's state funds, county funds, city funds, lots of ways to buy a house, no money down. When I was 18, I got out of high school. I actually bought a brand new house, no money down, Never regretted it. If you have questions, give me a shout. Glad to walk you through it. Have a great one. There you go. That's Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. And just like he said, no matter where you are, there is a situation where you can buy a house. If you don't have money to put down, Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage has a plan for you. NMLS number 278545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders and they present our BYU Notre Dame drive away to the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. Hook it up, Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Let's talk a little Pac-12 football because we uh, had a pretty interesting conversation yesterday. Um, as we've really been doing a lot of work, we have worked really hard to get good information on what's going on with the Pac-12 and their TV deal, what's going on with the Big 12. We have really dug into it. We have... I mean, reached out to 30s and 40s of peoples and stuff. And stuff. And we were able to find out yesterday that the Pac-12 has kind of hit a ceiling, a glass ceiling, if you will, where they're not able to crawl over the $300 million mark. And it is really turning into a situation where the Pac-12 is finding itself in in straits that is questioning whether or not the Pac-12 is a, is a an actual commodity anymore. This is a code 10 abort. Because what we've heard is that ESPN really is the only one that is hard after the tier one rights. They are working with others to, to bring in other tiers. But at this point right now, between Fox and ESPN, um, they're looking at about a, 
a $300 million cap, which is $30 million per the 10 teams. But the issue is that's only average annual value, which means that not every team is going to get $30 million. And it really brings the question forward, hey, what are we looking at for a TV deal in the Pac-12? And here's what I've been told yesterday by sources in the TV industry, and that is that ESPN wants two late window games per week with the Pac-12. One of those is obviously going to be on TV and be their prime TV radio game. But the other one is going to be for for ESPN, the app, their ESPN Plus and ESPN app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what you're looking at is the the other tier two being probably Fox at this point. And Fox would get the prime early schedule game on that particular week for the, for the Pac-12, who at that point would be the Pac-10 if nothing changes. And the real issue is, is that Fox doesn't have an appetite to be a tier one provider for the Pac-12. What Fox really has an appetite for is creating big games, early season big games, where you have a Big Ten SEC big time game. And we now know, obviously, who has those SEC TV rights. Well, ESPN does. So Fox and ESPN are in a situation where they could pretty easily team up on a Pac-12 deal and then create a series where you get two big games in the first week of the college football season where you can have one of the best teams in the Big Ten and one of the best teams in the SEC. Imagine an Ohio State-Alabama game early season. Okay, well, maybe if you don't get that kind of game, hey, maybe you're getting two of the best teams in the SEC against two of the best teams in the the Big Ten playing big games that are big revenue generators Mm -hmm. that bring big sponsorship dollars, that bring big TV numbers, big viewer numbers that make all parties involved big money. That seems to be what Fox's appetite is. And what's really scary if you're the the Pac-10 right now or the Pac-12 is you're in a situation where you're arguing with people who have commonality. You're arguing and negotiating with people at ESPN and Fox who have every reason to work together to hold your AAV down, to hold that money down because they have other products that they can do business on. And if ESPN and Fox are able to come together on a Pac-12 deal, they can leverage the Pac-12 for their millions of viewers per game, those late window games. They can leverage the Pac-12 for those and then go and do a deal together with the Big Ten and the SEC. And by the way, who's the real winner in all of this? Mm -hmm. It's the Big 12 because the Big 12 doesn't have to act right now on a TV deal. I think the Big 12, from what I understand, has been very patient and has been very quiet for one reason alone. They know the Pac-12 has zero leverage. And the other thing that is very interesting in what we're hearing is, is that other schools, other institutions are unwilling to join the Pac-12 right now. That other major institutions that the Pac-12 is pursuing to remain a viable conference are not willing to have the conversation to join the Pac-12 because they know right now there's no money in that. $30 million, and let's just say across all institutions that every school is getting $30 million, which is not going to be the case, but let's just say that happens. Exactly which institutions are, are, are attracted to that? Not many, certainly not the San Diego states of the world. Is a blessed state attracted to $30 million Bless. a year? Yeah, they may be, but Jake, what this says to me is the Pac-12 is teetering 
on the verge of extinction. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what it is. And I think that the Pac-12 has thought way too highly of itself for too long, you know, and you were complacent and didn't have streaming deals and didn't have income and didn't have revenue or whatever. And, you know, now you're paying the price for that. And I just think that, you know, you're too far behind these other conferences. There's a reason that ESPN prioritized SEC rights over you, you know, ultimately. There's a reason that, you know, ESPN is is trying to push that, that AAV down as much as it can. I, I mean, there's a reason for that. And while, yes, Pac-12 after dark and serving that late window has a purpose, you're not going to get that $40, $50 million uh, a year number for your schools when you don't bring value. And, and so that's why I say this is, once again, not to be repetitive, this isn't rocket science. We know Hey, if you have big matchups and big games and big players in those games, that TV networks want your rights. They want to distribute your product. But when you don't have big name players and you don't have big games and you're on the West Coast behind behind the curve time from a time perspective, TV networks are not going to give you $50 million a year. That's not going to happen. So that's why I say my concern has always been, well, what is Utah going to do? What is Oregon going to do? You know, by extension, what is Washington going to do? You know, like these nameplate schools who are going to get $30 million a year. That's not good enough, man. These schools should be getting 50 60 a year. So that's why I say we can, you know, break balls on the Big 12 and say the Big 12 doesn't have value. But from a monetary perspective, I do think the Big 12 has more value than, than the Pac-12 does right now. And yeah. this threat of the Pac-12 like dissolving or just not existing anymore is a huge threat. I mean, again, if you're Utah and Oregon, you've got to find a new home. There's too much on the line. Like yesterday, I think it was on the show, we were talking about that BYU has all this stuff to play for, and there's you know going to the Big 12 next year, and this is a super important year. Is this not a more important year for Utah than it's ever been? Like, oh, I think have, there's no doubt about that. Like, you have to perform. You have to be top five most of the year. you got to get back to the Rose Bowl. you got to win win the Pac-12 while it's still around. Like, you got to do all these things. So that way, next offseason, you know, after this season, next offseason, you can say, hey, two years in a row, we've won our conference. Two years in a row, we went to the Rose Bowl. Hey, maybe we even won it this year. That has to happen for Utah and Oregon now that we know what, it, what this TV deal looks like or is going to look like. By the way, the bots are back. Oh, sick, dude. Sick. I was able to knock them out. Um, well, good. But I think there's a couple of things that we really have to to talk about with this Pac-12 thing. If you're really maxed at $300 million, if that's the most that you're going to get from Fox and ESPN, and it certainly sounds like it is, I, I just don't think you're viable as a conference anymore. And one of the things that you know I was talking to people about on, on Twitter, it was amazing, the Twitter DMs last night. Um, and all of the questions around this and reaching out to people I know in TV, the, the thing that is very clear that they have commonality on is that if the Pac-12 cannot add San Diego State and if the Pac-12 does not have a footprint in California below Cal, they're not a viable conference. Yeah. And that's a huge problem because I was also told yesterday in no uncertain terms that UCLA is going to the Big Ten, that it would take a minor miracle at this point to keep UCLA from leaving the, the Pac-12 with, with USC. Thanks. 
Like it, it, there's just. But like, if you're UCLA, why wouldn't you do that? This is my point precisely. Well, what, what's the incentive? If you are, and this is the problem for the Pac-12 with ESPN and Fox, is that if ESPN and Fox are able to put together these big preseason games, if you will, these big kickoff classic type games between the SEC and the Big Ten, there simply is is no way to match even a quarter of the value. Yeah. Because if those teams play in those games, and, and let's say that it's, you know, like one of the best college football games I've ever been to is USC and Ohio State at the Coliseum yeah. during Pete Carroll's run at USC. Let's say you have, a, you have a, a USC taking on an old Miss. Lane Kiffin versus USC and the hype around that, right? Like if you play that game, and you play it in a neutral site, let's say. Okay, you play that game in Chicago, let's say. Mm-hmm. Or you play that game at a neutral site. The idea that USC fans don't travel is crazy. They travel really well. The idea that old Miss fans, the idea that a, a, a top-tier team, if you're getting a Georgia versus Michigan, if you're getting those caliber of games for a kickoff classic, in a major NFL stadium, man, it's going to be tough not to pay those teams millions of dollars to show up. So when you're UCLA and you're not a good football program, right? Like you're not, and you can make that extra money, why would you not do that? And you're going to build infrastructure to try and become more competitive? I just, and by the way, I also think basketball is a huge component of this because not only can the Big Ten and ESPN make a deal, but you can still do the Big Ten ACC-type games. You can still do big basketball invitationals. Because, by the way, one of the major chips that nobody's talking about is Arizona basketball. Arizona basketball would be a huge ad for the Big 12, which would already then be even stronger in position to be the best basketball conference in, in the country. Yeah. And then what happens? Now, all of a sudden, you're you're making more money and you're getting Kansas versus Arizona, and you're getting those schools traveling to other tournaments. The Maui Invitational now becomes more, you know, more attractive, more viewers, more money, more sponsors. Yeah. And all of this is happening because ESPN and Fox are doing business together. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, what happens with NBC? Where is NBC going to spend its money on college football? Because there is no doubt that NBC right now has an appetite, and now that they have the USA networks of the world, Mm -hmm. that we're not talking about NBC Sports Network anymore. The game has completely changed with NBC coming to the table, offering to be a second tier, offering to be a third tier, injecting more money into these deals. You're now in a situation where you can really leverage conferences because you're going to make them more money. You're going to put their athletes in a higher position, which allows them to recruit more, which allows them to win more games and make more money and recruit more and win more games and sign more sponsorships. Yes. And the ball starts rolling. But this is why the arrogance of the Pac-12 at their media day was so incredible. Incredible. I mean, just sitting there saying that somehow you're really valuable and we're going to be fine and the, and the Big 12 is just trying to tear us down. No, I got news for you, bro. The Big 12 has nothing to do with it, right? This this whole teardown process and the Pac-12 disappearing has been yeah. going on for a decade. Like, if you've been paying attention, you've been watching the slow but steady downward progress of that conference. And I just, 
it's frustrating because if you think about it, like we were having this conversation earlier in the show, you know, about how like New York and L.A. are basically equals, essentially, you know, as far as business. The problem is in the Pac-12, they're not equals, right? Because L.A. should have been a That's much right. bigger thing for you. And it's not because you didn't leverage it yet in in the ACC. You've got, you know, what Syracuse, who is not really a big program, did some basketballing, but they're in New York. So they're big. They know how to leverage it. They, like, you know them. That's my biggest thing. So if I'm Utah and Oregon, you got to be cold-blooded about it. it. It can't be, oh, well, this is the Pac-12, and we've been here forever, so we need to stay. No, screw that. Like, SC's out. UCLA is out. Now we got to go and find our new home. And I just think the Pac-12 and the arrogance has to come to an end. Yeah, and I think Utah has to get to the Big 12 because I think the next big conference is going to be the Big 12 in some form or fashion. I mean, I... I think Utah is, and I know everybody talks about Oregon, but I think Utah is one of the absolute prizes in the in the Pac-12 currently. And I think when you start looking at how the landscape of college football is going to change, and we've been talking about this, frankly, since 2014. Yeah. Um, when we talked about Texas and USC trying to, you know, form a relationship and trying to form a, a conference on their own and you have seen Texas trying to get out of the Big 12 and USC trying to get out of the Pac-12 for years and years. And I think what's very interesting is it was only a matter of time. And when you look at how the USC-UCLA exit, the escape, the evacuation from the Pac-12 happened, they absolutely snaked the Pac-12 mm -hmm. and the rest of that membership. They told nobody. They did not ask permission. They did not ask your opinion because, frankly, they don't care. Yeah. USC and UCLA went and did what was best for them, and I hope that Utah is doing that. Y'all feel me? I, I, I just – I think you have to do what's best for you. I, I just – I think you have to do that. Um, let's see. Kay Nuren says, Big 12 takes the best of the rest of the pack. Utah doesn't make the cut. Stop. Get the hell out of here stop. with that. Come on. Just stop. Dude. Hey, uh, listen, like, listen, I understand Kay's a BYU fan. I totally understand that. Utah is, in my opinion, arguably the best football property in the, in the pack 12 remaining. So take out USC. Cause USC, I, I again, will say, I think USC right now today is the most talented program in that conference. And by the way, for BYU fan, like this needs to be said it, uh, again, the next time BYU and Utah plays, it will be much closer. It will be very, very, it always will be, I think, but I think that I think what BYU fan likes to do right now, and I get it. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not vilifying you for it, but I think what you like to do right now is you like to say, oh, well, Utah's nothing. We beat Utah and they're nothing. And no, I think what true. BYU fan is doing is paying retribution for the last decade of, of, of curb stomping that Utah fan has done to BYU. I think that's what this is. And, and I don't blame them. And I, I don't blame them either, but I think it's not lost on BYU fans that Utah fans were assholes. Like, I mean, the, the things that were said and the things that were done are what make this rivalry special. But BYU fan, be better than this. If 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 you cannot at least respect what Utah has done, Utah's coming off of arguably the 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 greatest season in the modern era of football in the state of Utah. Yeah. What they accomplished through tragedy and adversity to win the conference and come within a breath of winning the Rose Bowl over Ohio State is nothing short of spectacular. Utah is a Fine, fine institution. It is a great football program. 
And for their sake, I really hope that Utah ends up, well, hell, for everybody's sake. Yeah. I hope that Utah ends up in the Big 12 because we need BYU in Utah. The holy war. And I think if Utah ends up in the Big 12, Utah has access to the college football playoff that I think currently would be very difficult to 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 access in the Pac-12. Yeah, and I hope that NIL picks up for Utah, you know, eventually when they do move. I'd uh, like to well, see that. Yeah, I, I yeah, come on. Uh, it has to. Yeah. has to. Uh Kurt Meyer says Utah has to make the cut. Has to. Yeah. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, I think Kay Nuren is Mrs. Monty trying to stoke the fires. Oh, okay. You know. Uh, New York Jazz fan says uh, Utah would be a huge ad for the Big 12. Massive. Yeah. Massive. Uh, let's see. Ryan Thomas says, look, I don't like Utah, but I can make a legitimate argument why not to include them. It is a solid program. I can't make a legitimate argument why not to include them. It's a solid program that makes the conference better, exponentially better. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, New York Jazz fan says Utah's the best team in the Pac-12. I would agree. Well, we'll find out against USC. That's a massive game. And by the way, you got to beat Florida. And I think Utah's better than Florida. Yeah. But uh, Eric and Raleigh says Utah and BYU together in the Big 12 would be massive, huge. It'd be awesome. Huge. Ruff's official says when Oklahoma and Texas leave, the best team in the Big 12 would be Baylor in Houston. Okay. I think Utah would have something to say about that. I think BYU will have something to say about that. Uh, Ryan Thomas, 100%. Uh, New York Jazz fan says. Uh, Ryan Thomas says Utah, Washington, Oregon bring great matchups to the Big 12 schools that add value. And I think you got to have Arizona and Arizona State. Mm. because I think Arizona brings basketball, and I don't think Arizona and Arizona State they? will split. Oh, oh, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona yes. basketball is a legacy program. They haven't done anything in the last, well, like, how long? I mean, they haven't won a national championship. They have... have but they, like, struggled to make the tournament. Well, I also think they've, they've had a lot of issues under Sean Miller. I think that they are out of mop heads to, to you know, because they had to clean up sweaty Sean's sweat dripping all over the floor. And okay. tucks in. So that's how it's going to be. Anyway, the point is, uh, Arizona basketball is a get. There, there's no yeah. doubt about that. No doubt about that. Casey Finlinson says, what, do you, what about Amazon, Apple, and when are they getting involved? I don't know. I think ESPN is where everybody wants to be. I think the ESPN app, ESPN Plus, the streaming. I mean, it, it's remarkable to me that ESPN was so far behind the streaming curve, and now they own it. With Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, uh, I, I mean, it's just absolute domination. Yep, it's, it's execution. It, it's absolute domination. Kay Nuren says uh, San Diego over Utah to the Big 12. Stop. Now nah, you're just Stop. trolling. Now nah, you're just trolling. Come on. Uh, Scammer Trolling says Jake is a freaking genius, man. Pac-12 should hire him. Okay. Okay, you know. Eric and Raleigh says Amazon and Apple not being involved in a bid for the Pac-0 TV rights is very telling. About the value. I, I think the value is the real question. I just think the value is clean cut. Like, like you have... So there was this whole thing about how the Pac-12 is looking to private investment because the conference itself is worth like a billion dollars or whatever it is, and that's going to be their lifeline. And all I'm here to say is that's great if you get private investment, but that doesn't help you be more relevant. That doesn't help no. you... Like, yeah, sure, if you get the money, like how far does several hundred million dollars go, you know, outside of TV rights. Like TV rights are one thing, but I'm talking about just a, a cold cut influx of like 500 million bucks. Does that help you build the TV network? Does that help you do anything? What do you do with that? Because again, this, this whole piece of Pac-12 arrogance, 
it makes it so that you don't know what they're going to do. Like, to me, it's obvious. Hey, if you got all that money, yeah, you need to do a distribution deal. You need to, like, build something. And I, I think the biggest issue is, is that Fox and ESPN working together have leverage. Yeah. I mean, they can put together the biggest games in college football. They simply can. I mean, don't, let, let's not forget that that Fox owns 61% of yes. the Big Ten network. I mean, ESPN... I mean, ESPN has TV networks and deals with all of these conferences. Dude, you're talking about being able to put together out-of-conference games, like preseason games, essentially, that are uh, like bowl game matchups. That's what you're talking yes. about. You're talking about the best of the best playing in the first like three weeks. And I think you're going to see that they're going to want to they're going to want to do that in in one weekend. They're going to want to have like f four to six massive matchups. Yeah across all of those networks. And I think you're going to be able to stream that. I think Fox is making, from what I understand, Fox is making massive infrastructure upgrades in their streaming providing, you know, their stream provide, the the way that they deliver you stream. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> um, like the Fox Sports app is is growing exponentially. Like I think, I think Fox and ESPN are in a very good position. And I think the Pac-10 is screwed. Yeah, I think they are in a because if you can't get San Diego State, and I'm not saying San Diego State has declined or whatever, I'm just saying, from what I was told yesterday, the Pac-12 has struggled to add teams to get people to agree, and I think the Big 12 has done a very nice job now that we know of just kind of sitting and waiting and watching the Pac-12 implode on itself because that's what's happening. Thirty million dollars a year. On average, it's embarrassing. Not per school. On average, thirty million dollars on average is not even a starting point for Oregon. Yeah, Oregon doesn't it, it. And by the way, if you're like, well, Oregon gets more revenue. Okay, well then, what are you what are you going to say? What are you going to say to Washington? Because there's only one top dog in a conference. What are you What are you going to say to the Arizona schools? What are you going to say to Utah? How do you justify? Paying Washington and Oregon more money than Utah. Yeah, Washington's a conundrum. They haven't been good in a minute. I mean, I understand they're a value and proposition. And they've had scandals, but... and they've had coaching turnover. But this turnover. is what I mean. Like, I, not, to, not to pick a fight over the Arizona schools, but, like, yes, I get that Arizona basketball is a thing. Like, I get it. But at the same time, what is the actual value right now? What is, it's It would be different if Arizona had just gone to, like, the Final Four or just made some serious noise in basketball. Their football program is 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 nothing until they start contending at the top of the conference. It, yeah. Literally, like, it's nothing. But I, I also think one of the things that ESPN and Fox are going to control is access to the college football playoff. Yes. I And I think that the uh, the offshoot of, of these big games that, that I think ESPN and Fox would like to do in the preseason – is that those are big wins for somebody. But the losses aren't the end of the world. Because if Ohio State loses to Alabama to open their season in the kickoff classic. But then you go and win like 10 or 11 in a row. And you still got that payday. That's called controlling access. Yeah. Because your strength of schedule goes up. Look at Utah's strength of schedule right now. Utah's strength of schedule because of the conference affiliation is over, I think it's 107 or I something I believe it's 107, like yeah. As an independent, BYU has more strength of schedule than a than a Pac-12 conference-affiliated team. BYU's at number 13. How is that possible? Utah's at 107. Because the conference lacks 
That's the problem. So when we're talking about these TV deals, I'm telling you, Fox and ESPN are going to have more control over your ability to play for a college football national championship than the Pac-12. You know, they're not. I, I, it just it's, it's as simple as are you making us money or not? Yeah. And if you're not making us money, you, you you're the Mountain West. You're the AAC, right? Like <laughs> how long is look at team? Look at Miami. What Miami's doing with Mario Cristobal? Yeah. What if Miami's very good? And what if Clemson says, you know what? Yeah, I don't know about this ACC thing. What if Clemson and Miami, what if Florida State and Miami want to say, well, you know what? I think I'd rather be in the SEC. I think I'd rather be in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Then what? By the way, what if, what if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten? Then what? Like, you have to move. You have to move. Do you really think the Big 12 is just going to sit here and watch this go down? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think you are watching the end times of the Pac-12. As a conference, I think you're watching the final days of its existence. Yeah. All right, let's get some of your comments in here because I do want to get to Deshaun Watson today. Um, Greg Hawkins says, blame Larry Scott. No, you know who I blame? I blame Pete Carroll and USC. USC is one of the singular reasons that this conference has taken a dump because you have been terrible for a decade. You've been terrible for a decade. You've won nothing. You've not competed at a very high level on a regular basis. You have been crap at USC. And now you're just going to turn and run? Mm. You're going to turn and run for a payday. USC is the reason this conference is struggling. USC is the reason that the, the Pac-12 One is going to be... One of the reasons. Nah. One of the reasons. I, Larry Scott, TV deals, streaming. Okay, absolutely. If USC was three national championships in the last decade... We're not having this conversation. We're not. Because this conference would be stronger. This conference would have a better TV deal. If, if Frankly, if we're being really honest, if Phil Knight's money in Oregon had amounted to anything, we're not having this conversation. The Pac-12 did it to themselves. But Oregon was good for a minute. Oregon was good for a minute. I mean, you yeah, had... Alabama I mean, was elite for that entire window. Well... Georgia has become elite. Look at look at Ohio State. I don't know, man. Mi- even Michigan is competing. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. USC certainly is not helping, but USC isn't the sole reason. It, I, I think. I oh, think. Oh man. I think that that from a branding perspective, streaming like distribution perspective, USC has not been good in a while. I'll and go I, as far as to say the business of football in the Pac-12 is why this conference is in trouble. If you look at Arizona State and what's going on with Herm at Arizona State, you look at Oregon, you look at, I mean, how did you lose Mario Cristobal? Like, and I mean like that. Now I understand he went home and it's Miami. I totally understand that. Yeah. But you, you just, you just walked away. You just left it. You just left it there like a steaming turd. Like how, how is Washington not recovered after, after, Chris Peterson left. Final. Explain to me how on earth, how on earth is UCLA just not competitive? Because you've done it to yourself. We're elite. Our institutions of higher learning. We're research institutions. We're really cool people. Don't lie to me. Stanford. I mean, they get 13 people at a football game. 
Yeah, and their uh, AD is going to sit on the board at media day. Hey, by the way, didn't you guys have that scandal in the Pac-12 where Hollywood parents were paying their kids way into schools that they didn't belong to? Yeah, you did. You did this to yourself. Doesn't make you feel responsible. You did this to yourself. I mean, there's no other way to look at this. You're terrible as a conference. Larry Scott had to have that office building in downtown San Francisco. And I got to stay on a private jet and stay at the top floor of the greatest hotels in the world. Are we clear on that? No, you don't. No, you don't. That, like, that, anyway, don't, don't, no, no, I won't, no, no. All right, uh, Ryan Thomas says ACC would be an elite conference without BC, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. And my mom would be my dad if she had bulls, um, but she doesn't. Um, um, I don't know what one has to do with the other. Um, um. Kay Nuren says, would love to play Notre Dame every year. BYU versus Notre Dame, best game of the year. No, Kay, why are you so railing on anti-Utah right Yeah, what's today? your deal, bro? What are we doing? Uh, let's see. Rand says, Gator Utes game will be interesting. Utah's winning that game. We'll give you more you. on that as we get closer. Yeah, we'll we'll preview that as as they get closer. All right, it is eight forty five Mountain Time already. Do are, are we are we actually going to do Deshaun yes. Watson? Today? Yes. All right, let me kick Jake's ass in an argument. Here um, we go. There are reports, sources. <laughs> Adam Schefter. Uh, NFL sources say that the <laughs> NFLPA is negotiating with the NFL on behalf of Deshaun Watson. For a settlement. And reportedly, allegedly, those settlement terms are a 23-game suspension. It's really unfair. And $10 million in a fine. (laughs) Now, if that was it on the surface, so the next 23 games, he's suspended, right? Not so fast, my friends. It's my quarterback. Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Deshaun Watson will serve a six-game suspension this year on top of the 17 games he missed last year for a 23-game suspension, and he will forfeit $10 million worth of a Bro, fine. what are you talking about, man? To cover his income from last year, which the NFLPA says adds up to a 23-game suspension and a $10 million fine. And I'm actually on board with this. We had Jake is not. heated debates on this show about what I called retroactive suspension and you said that's not how it should be handled. And now you're on board with this, and I don't quite understand it. Deshaun Watson should have to sit out this entire season. I don't give a damn what you missed last season because that was part of the process. You put yourself in that box. You have to sit out. That's part of the deal, man. Like, of course the NFLPA wants it to be retroactive. That's their job. What else are they going to say? The fact is, is he should be fined, and he should be suspended the entire season. That's what the penalties should be. It's like, furthermore, because of the way the Browns handled this, that's even more of a reason, dude. You put a contract together that's backloaded because you knew that he was going to get suspended. Right, which is something that the, the NFL has talked about. Come on. That the NFL feels like the Browns did to Sean a solid, which I think we all agree with. Yeah. But if you find it's the $10 million that's the point here. If you find him $10 million. That covers all of his pay from last year, so he's losing. He's not getting paid for last year. He doesn't play a game last year. He misses the first six games and all of his salary this year. That's a 23-game suspension. If you hadn't gone back after his money from last year, I would agree with you. But it's not retroactive. That's not what it would be. 
they would be calling last year a suspension and you're taking his money. $10 million on top of the settlements that he's made with these women, that's a lot of money. That is a huge penalty. But why is, this is my question, the league should not care about the settlements with the women, right? We're not having a conversation about how you handled the women. We're having a conversation about the 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 issues you've created and the penalty you should pay as far as the league is concerned. So I, if I was Roger Goodell, the the frankly the settlements wouldn't even be on the radar. It's not even part of the conversation. The conversation is, hey, all of this happened. You you had to sit out last year. And what what do we feel like is an appropriate suspension? Of course, again, of course, the NFLPA Listen, wants last year's time to count. If it were if it were me, I'm not saying that you're wrong. If it were me, I'd take him off the field this entire season. He would not have played last Friday. That was an abomination. He would not have played last Friday. Yeah. If it were me, if I were Roger Goodell, I would have not gone to somebody else. I'd have suspended him for the entire season. I would have suspended him indefinitely. And I'd have find him. I'd have find him a significant amount of money, but that's not the way the contract in the NFL works. And when you're looking at Deshaun Watson and his situation, one thing is very clear: Deshaun Watson is not going to sit out this entire season. Never. Deshaun Watson is going to get, in my opinion, I think he's going to get six games this year. I think they're going to settle for a 23 straight game suspension, going back to last year. And the problem that you have here is very much like Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers. This is not a criminal case. It's not a criminal yeah, case. That is an issue. You had a judge that's retired, a retired federal judge adjudicate this thing for you at the NFL level. And she said, your bad prior precedent of penalty is why I'm only giving him six games. You don't have a history of handling this stuff well. And now you sent it to an appeal and now you are negotiating with Deshaun Watson. Give the guy his 23 games, take his 10 mil, and let's all move on with our lives. That's what this is going to be You're in so my opinion. Fucked. I just think Roger Goodell's previous behavior. Excuse me, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell! <laughs> and his previous behavior is why you're not going to be able to suspend him further. He and that screwed might be true. Up. Yeah. He should have taken what Roger Goodell should have done is the moment that that ruling came out, he should have said, I am taking this. I am suspending him indefinitely. He will not play this year. I am fining you $10 million because we cannot tolerate this kind of violence against women. Sexual assault, allegedly, against women will not be tolerated in this league. It is a new day. Deshaun is out for the rest of this year. He can petition for reinstatement after the season ends, the league year ends. So next summer, Deshaun, you can petition for reinstatement. As a condition, this is what he should have done. As a condition of this, you will get counseling. And it will be extensive counseling provided by an NFL-selected therapist. Period. See you next summer. That's what Roger Goodell should have done. Yeah, take it. See ya. But he has no balls, so he didn't do that. Because why do the right thing when it comes to men in your league abusing women? Well said. Why would you? Because you never have. Physiologically, it's a non-starter. Okay, I feel better. I feel better. Uh, Boyd Lake says the judge was brought in by the NFL to lowball the penalty so the NFL could appeal all to try and save face. Well, if you were trying to save face, though. Wouldn't you have just dropped the hammer on the guy? Yeah. Like, uh, Didn't Ridley get punished worse for betting parlays? Yes. He did. Yes. Yes, he did. 
Uh, Ken Williams says, Monty, it's a code of conduct issue. You're making an example of this behavior. I don't disagree with that. Kay Nuren says, truth, you pay for what you do in this lifetime. Giggity says, Jake is right. The NFL can't consider these those settlements. And they, well, they can and they will. They will. Stewart says, exactly. It's the same thing in the judicial system. Do you bail out or stay and get time served? That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's as far as I want to go with this. Because we, we need to debate who makes the best chicken sandwich. And I'm hungry. And I'm hungry. I'm hungry. But- we need to debate this. Yeah. So in Utah, Utah. there's only a few choices right. for the best chicken sando. Right. There's only a few choices, right? in my opinion. I think by far, if, if I had to say, I think the best chicken sandwich is Super Chicks. Mm. Because again, I think they put cocaine in their ranch dressing. Right. Now, Mrs. Monty, um, I think, has a very different opinion of this. <laughs> First of all, you? Good morning, Mrs. Monty. Good morning. Average to see you as usual. Right. You look stellar. You know, just Meow. barely making it. No hey, kidding. baby. Um, <laughs> follow Mrs. Monty on Twitter, Mrs. Monty Show. Mrs. Monty, who has the very best chicken sandwich in the great state of Utah? <sighs> Don't screw it up. Wow. You're going to screw it up. How am I screwing it up? I haven't even given you an answer yet. Uh, no. I, I do appreciate the super chicks. I I like it. Not her selection. But. But what? Why do I feel like I was supposed to say something, but nobody told me what I was supposed to say? You're not supposed to say anything. I, I simply asked you a question. But I, I you know, and I can I can understand <laughs> what what's happening here. What the hell is going on? Mrs. Monty is, is married to me, so she doesn't listen to anything I say. Right. You know. Right. Here, so wait, to be wait, clear. Wait, 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 let's try this again. Okay, good. Mrs. Monty, <laughs> who has the best chicken sandwich in Utah? I feel like there's so much pressure. I actually really enjoyed my sandwich from Slim Chickens. Don't lie to me. Wow. Fries okay, bit. I'm so, wait. Okay. I, her camera broke. Her microphone broke too. I don't understand what happened. That's M-O-N-T-Y, weird. M-O-N-T-Y, okay. the Monty show. That's weird. That, that, that's weird that her camera. It's not Shake Shack. <laughs> the mic clearly works. Shake Shack is not <laughs> the right one. Let's go ahead and get off I... of that thing. Uh, what's wrong with the camera? Camera's malfunctioning. Um, I think you're malfunctioning. Oh my God. It is not. It is not Slim Chicken. It is not. No, no, (laughs) no, no. It is not. Hey guys, let's talk about what makes a good chicken. Let's start over. Let's, let's, (laughs) let's, let's back up a little bit. It's Burger King. Their chicken sandwich is 100% the best. Okay. See, see, that's, that's a vote. Okay. Mrs. Monty, what makes a good chicken sandwich? A good chicken sandwich is crispy, breaded, so it's not soggy. If you mm-hmm. have a soggy coating on it, blech. And then I think it, it also is the bun. And here's what Super Chicks does right. They don't cut the bun all the way open. They leave it closed on the back. Mm-hmm. So all your stuff isn't falling out the backside of oh, the bun. Oh, real. I love uh, it when I love it when your stuff falls out the backside of the bun. What? <laughs> what? <I'm> Anyways, a- <laughs> and then the other piece that makes a great chicken sandwich is the things on the inside. 
pickles are required wow. for an ideal chicken sandwich. Now Damn. we're talking. Now we're talking. You can do avocado. No. But whatever no, you want to put on there, no. pickles should be required. Sit down. I'm not a big no. coleslaw guy. I got to no. admit. Not a big coleslaw no, guy. No, there is n- n- no. Avocado does not belong on a, on a sandwich. What makes a good chicken sandwich is, A, it's not from Chick-fil-A, A, B, it, the breading has to be right. Mm-hmm. It, ha- it And the other thing is those yeah. breasts got to be nice and supple. <laughs> plump breasts. The breast has to be that? good. It has to be breaded well. What? Why are you troubled? Um, the breast has yeah. to be breaded well. The breading has to have good seasoning. Right. And then you have to have at least four pickles on each sandwich with lettuce and tomato. The only ones who do that well... The cocaine cowboys at Super Chase. Yes! Because the they're ranch dressing. Cowboys. I'm telling you, and I don't this is probably not fact. <laughs> the cocaine that they put in the ranch Bro. dressing. And tell me I'm wrong though. Tell cocaine me I'm wrong. Hookers, my friend. I don't know that they're putting any cocaine in their ranch well, dressing. Well, it tastes like they do. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Their sauces are a bomb. Top. They're, uh, they're yes. one of the only top. ones. I agree. They're one of the only ones that has a sauce bar. Of the chicken sandwich, like I actually think they might be the only one. I'm telling you. And the other thing that's great about Super Chicks is their chicken tenders. Mm. And the, other, the I think the only close competitor to Super Chicks is Shake Shack. Yeah. When it comes to chicken sandwiches, I'm telling you, Shake Shack solid. Dude. Shake Shack is solid. Like they've got the breading down. I love their fries. Their bun is bun is good. I don't Shake think game they is compare. weak. What do you mean you don't think they compare? I don't like Shake Shack's okay. I, you know, I can do a Shake Shack, but like it's not. Can you stand up and do a Shake Shack now? It's a family <laughs> show. Um. Anyways, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, oh man, that was but fun. Other than that, I, I I do think there are some other options. Oh. If you haven't tried a Slim Chickens, I really like. I second that. Oh. I like. I enjoyed Slim Chickens. Yeah. Slim Chickens yeah. was, uh, but maybe they're not on Super Chicks back. level. But no. Slim Chickens but you know, is good. We didn't go Slim Chickens. Either. Slim Chickens. That's true. We've only driven through Slim Chickens. That's a good that's point. That's true. But Slim Chickens is much more Burger King, McDonald's, Chick Fil A. No, it's not. Really? Okay. Okay. Am I you just missing? What? Am I? Do you, what? Wait. So, what? do you think Slim Chickens is on the level of Super Chicks? I haven't been there enough to give them an e- an equal. Yeah. I, I will say, Super Chicks is extremely smart by leaving the back of the bun closed. Man, this you is, love that. It makes Well, it, it makes works. a huge difference. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah right? it does. Yeah. The problem, and in, in respectfully, the problem is at Super Chicks, it's just always bananas in that place. Yeah, it's always It is oh always gosh. packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we were there Saturday, and it was because parents bring all their kids, and so the softball teams, the football teams. Yeah, but see, now the kids are back in school. They I are. Love. Finally, please we've made it through back. summer. Get your kids out of Vaza, please. Yes, yes, yes. But, the other, but the other thing is, is that we were there one night, that one Tuesday night. Yeah. And it was freaking bananas. Yeah. Well, it's so, bananas all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. One of my it's favorite bananas. things, though, about Super Chicks that I don't ever remember other places having. So when you walk in, the smell is really good too. Like you oh, know how yes. when you walk into some places, it doesn't smell great. When you walk into Super Chicks, it smells really good. That's I know it's a small detail, but I do like that about them. All right, let's get your thoughts on uh, chicken sandwiches. Um, <laughs> let's see. K Nuren says KFC. Come on now. See, but we haven't been there in a long time. Come on. 
And on. people rave about their fries. They do. Come we on. do hear about KFC a lot. Come on. Uh, Giggity says, does cost factor into this decision? Absolutely. Well, it absolutely. doesn't. Super Chicks is a premium. Super it Chicks is more expensive. Matters. But I also think you're getting better chicken at Super Chicks. Su- Super so, Chicks is the five guys of chicken sandwiches. You need to understand that. Super Chicks is not a drive through company. They don't do drive through You're only walking in there. They're much like five guys. Yeah. So it is more expensive, but I think it's worth the investment. But, it is good and, food. And this is the argument about Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A is cheap chicken. Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A, one, they put it in those bags so your buns are soggy. Two, the bags that they put it in allegedly kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, it just is, it's one of those things where when I go to Super Chicks, I know I'm going to have a good sandwich. Yeah. The fry game's really good at Super Chicks. I actually really like their fries. And again, I think they have the best ranch dressing. All joking But the aside. sauces, like the ranch, but all the sauces. Like, yeah, that's what, what was saying. that sauce you had Saturday? Oh, I had their... What is it, Nashville or Tennessee hot or whatever? But that they've was, got like I teriyaki, actually liked it. sweet, spicy. Like, yeah. They have that like overwhelming. They have that honey mustard. They've got. I think they have a Hawaiian barbecue one too. That's like a little sweeter. Like they've got several that are bomb. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Greg Hawkins says I I need to try all these American chicken sandwiches. Yes, you do. Let's go, Greg. Yes, you do. Get it, Greg. Uh, Gabe says secret to a good chicken sandwich is the pickles. Absolutely, yes. It is. It is. Um, WTG, Mrs. Monty. Way to go. Way to go, Mrs. Monty. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kurt Meyer says pickles are required for a Cuban sandwich. Cubans are good. Uh, Fat Jesus said, I could listen to Mrs. Monty describing the insides of a chicken sandwich all day. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to give you the ASMR voice. Oh, stack your meat inside that bun. Um, This moist breast inside the oh bun. my <laughs> <laughs> slather it okay slcp shooter says pretty bird crack shack and super chicks third oh haven't man. been a pretty bird haven't been a pretty bird and my jazz fan says i hate paying for a bad chicken sandwich problem is everyone thinks they have the best one and that is the thing like everybody in chicken sandwiches are like oh our chicken sandwich is the best well and then and then come get my breast dude and then you have mcdonald's that just tries to imitate everybody they're always trying to add like what the hot thing is right now well you don't want interesting you bring that up they're having i think it's pokemon Mm -hmm. they're bringing pokemon back to their Kids meals. Mm. They're happy meals. Are happy meal prizes still a thing? That's yes, not what we're about. Kids, they They're are. not a thing for you because you don't have a little kid. Yeah. For a little kid, though, I think it'd be a thing. Yeah. Wow. That was kind of cold blooded. Well, I just think it, it's just the reality of the situation. It's just, just reality. Like, I just, you know. Well, like, but they're saying these cards that they're putting these. I think it's Pokemon. Are they doing remember. it? Like, if we went to McDonald's today, could we could we get one of these? Have they yeah, and it out they already? put a unique card in every happy meal. Interesting. So okay. if you get a Happy Meal, you get one of these Pokemon cards that's worth a gigantol jillion something or other to somebody this is inaccurate. No. on some level. But Just yeah, more trash you're going to put in your house. I agree. Uh, Gabe Levely says the coolness and acidity of pickles mixed with the warm crunch of the salty chicken patty sends the MFR right to the moon. Having fun is there the name of the go. game. There you go. Good job. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Ken Williams says, yeah, avocado is yummy on a sandwich. Yes, it is. On a sandwich, yes. On a sandwich, yes. On a grilled chicken sandwich, I love yes. avocado. Yes. Grilled chicken, I love avocado. On a avocado. fried chicken sandwich? Not a big fan on fried. Uh, grilled, I'm about see, it. See, I think that mm. part of the problem on a grilled chicken sandwich with avocado is that it's like slippery. That That's it true. Out it's messy. That's on true. A 
fried chicken sandwich, yeah. it can yeah. be it, it gets into the grooves. Yeah, the grain. And yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and stuff the, and the you wedge. Know, yeah. The I'm wedge. Saying, yeah. I'm just saying there's a way to do this right. Dude, now I'm starving. K Nuren says Damn. butter pickles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Monty hates buttered pickles. Like I like that jar of pickles that you get from Harmons. Mm-hmm. And you can just eat like three, four of them at a time or 30 or 40 of them at a time. Um, but she won't allow me to buy them anymore. She says I'm fat. Well, so, you know, you know, yeah. Fat. Oh, boy. Anyways, yeah, there you are. Kurt Meyer says, uh, Mrs. Monty, some days you need the Board of Education. The hell does that mean? I don't know what that means. I, uh, uh, is that like a spanking reference? I don't know. Ken Williams says she she ignores you, Monty. LOL. Yeah, we're married for like 25 years. <laughs> it, unless it's payday, then she doesn't ignore me. Um, <laughs> NYJ. NYJ. It's not true. She makes more than me. Uh, I'm an all. I'm all about avocado on a sandwich. Certain sandwiches. Um, brother brother bkl contreras uh says i probably gotta buy some chicken sandwiches uh in the grocery please i want my chicken sandwich mrs monty p.s don't give me some sandwich don't give some sandwich to monty because he has one mrs monty lao lmao i think that's a sexual reference i could be wrong you know maybe okay who's who's ready too innocent here we go Talking with Raphael Podcast. On PBS. On PBS. <laughs> Live at the Masters. Uh, he says, I haven't been to a Super Chicks or a Slim Chickens. I'll try this weekend. Go to Super Chicks. Yeah. Go Get to- a, refi your mortgage first. Call Devery Davis. I refi would, your mortgage, then go to Super Chicks. But in all seriousness, go to Super Chicks first experience that then go to slim chickens and see what you think of the differences i yeah. think it's important you do it in that order yep uh new york jazz fan says hello i'm willing to pay for a good chicken sandwich i have no interest on gambling on it if it's good we do not have good chicken sandwich places i know of in new york oh that's rough bro. Go. wow Manchild says mary browns has the best chicken sandwiches in toronto okay Ooh. okay ken williams says i can't stand chick-fil-a my guy yeah um, talking with Raphael Podcast on PBS Radio says I'm not trying to ride Harmons a lot, but their chicken is bomb. And if they make a sandwich, it will be top five. Well, I got to tell know. you, we had wings. We had mm. wings. Look at this dummy over here the other night. He's at Pick and Save or whatever that grocery Wink- store is called. Winko. Oh, Jesus, I can Pick never and remember. Save. Can, That's not even close. I can never remember the name. Of that store? No, I guess not. You know what annoys me about Winko? Winko They don't take credit card. They only take debit card. That is annoying as hell. Anyway, dumbass over here is at Winko Foods. Right. And he texts me and he's like, hey, man. Uh, Hey, bro. Uh, They only have the bigger drums. (laughs) Yeah, like actual drumsticks. He's like, they don't have the small drums. I'm like, dude, that's a drumstick. What's wrong with that? Did you never watch the Flintstones? What's wrong with that? That's a, they're not as good like as drumettes. What's wrong with that, bro? It's not a drumette. Who cares? I, 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 and this is what I don't understand. I, I think you missed, like you're missing certain, like something in your chain of DNA you know. that does not allow you to identify what, what good food is. You're the same guy who partially likes flats. Like us real men with testicles and stuff, we don't eat flats. They're definitely real. Okay. 
And then Are you're you like, done. Yeah, I am. I should stop. Okay. Damn, she just Good. jumped in on you like that. She did. Mm-hmm. You know. See, but I actually listen to my spouse. Right. Speaking of which, let's get this last topic in here. Because this is funny, I think. Um, John Cortez says, talk college football, please. We already we did. We already did. We already did. All right. Before we get out of here. Yeah. Speaking of my wife not listening to me. <clears throat> Jake was having some interesting conversation on text or something the other day. Where did you see Twitter. this? Twitter. On Twitter. How much can you spend without running it by your spouse? How much can you spend with not having to ask your wife? First of all, I'm the king of my castle. Here we go. And the president of my bank. Elon. I don't ask anybody's permission (laughs) to buy nothing, man. He doesn't. I actually don't. I should. Yeah, but but he he doesn't. Is there a number that I would have to run by you? Um... Well, I mean, um, no. So here's the difference. I know. think in our relationship, we both make good money. So I'm I'm not trying to get up in your stuff if um, you're buying a pair of shoes when we have the money for you to buy a pair right, of shoes. I, right? I, we're married. I, everybody I'm, knows you don't try to get up in my stuff anymore because um, we're married. I was talking about. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've gone over the car situation before. That's a good example. Um, yes. You know, I think if you're if you're signing us up for anything that is long term payments, like, you know, if it's going to be a car payment every month, I think that's where, you know, we got. But what if what if what if the car payment is the same or goes down? Do I have to ask permission? (laughs) We're not going into Um, this one. um, We're not going into this one. Because you like to say that, um, yeah, never mind. We're not going into this one. So if, you know. it's your, if you're spending $500 on an item, <laughs> in general, I don't care. Right. If you're signing us up for a $500 payment every month, okay. like the hot tub, we like, hey, are we down for this? Are we down for paying for this? No, are you going to pay this off? The- you know, but. Wow. Anyway, yeah. I agree with the hot tub. We made that decision together. I think the hot tub's been amazing. By it the way, hot tub in the summertime, Bomb. amazing. Bomb. Amazing. Bomb.com. Bomb. Ken Williams uh, says, we, whoa, hey now. Whoa, whoa. Uh, we have a $500 limit. Okay. So anything under five, you're good. Yep. Uh, Giggity says, it's better to ask forgiveness or for, or for permission. I, I think that's one of the worst rules ever. Yeah. Now, as a parent, I would tell you, don't ever ask for forgiveness because I'm not giving it. Second, second. As a husband, I routinely ask for forgiveness so that I can have sex. So, come on, come on. <laughs> um, oh, which is, it, I'm being totally stereotypical. That's not true at all. Yeah. I don't think we ask for much permission or permission or forgiveness in our relationship, do we? No, but you guilt me a lot. Like you've always <laughs> done it. It's like it's always been a thing, and Cold I've gotten clean, used to it, so I don't let it affect me anymore. <laughs> But you definitely do. Like, you've always had this habit of, I'm like, uh, I bought a new pair of shoes at, like, Target. And you're like, another pair of shoes. Well, it's just money. (laughs) It's just money. I never do that. Oh, my God. Completely fabricating. uh, Did I not not cheer you on in that swimsuit you just bought? 
Yeah, but yeah, that's did. because it's, it's revealing. What about the like, camera lens? What about the camera lens? Right. Oh, yeah, what about the camera? I just bought you like a G worth of camera lens for your birthday. But that's you buying it for me. If I had gone out, I like, I wanted a new camera backpack. This is the total, this is how it works. I want it. What's good for him is not good for me. So I wanted a new camera backpack. We went to a camera store, way too expensive. I was not willing to spend 500 bucks. I did research, 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 research to find a camera backpack that would fit what I wanted to do and was way less. And I could use my Amic points. So I only had to pay like $60 in cash. And I'm like, I got a backpack. I'm so excited. I got the pack back. And I was excited about no, it. No. Yes, no, I will. The response <laughs> is, well, I guess it's just money. No, I. That's not. I was you actually excited do it all that, the time, and I think you no. totally are not aware of it. But I, I just gotten to I, ignore I it. I joke about it. I'm not and, serious about it. Like I, I every joke quite has literally, a little bit of truth. in No, there. it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. That's yeah. no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Yep. Totally disagree. You're guilting your spouse all the time. Just know that they feel it. I'm not. Oh my god! Like y- you legitimately think like I. I get upset when. I'm, I own like you 200 will, pairs you of shoes. Blow, see, you will blow it on things when you know you shouldn't. And then if I buy like, I'm like, I'm going to go get groceries. You're like, fucking another $100 on groceries. I do not and do I'm that. Like, That's ridiculous. What the I fuck? do not do that. No chance. Yeah. I do not do that. Uh, when do I ever guilt you on anything? I am a ball breaker by nature. It's just what you do. That's I why don't. I don't let it bother me anymore. Yeah, I am the I am the one that like I always cheer you on about the clothes you buy, like the I, I like I'm the guy I bought it's you two big it's the side comments. What are you talking what, about? What got delivered? What'd you buy now? Like it's the I occasionally will say that. But but I'm also the guy that gets annoyed. You know what the funny thing about that is? Perceptions being reality. I hate when the delivery guy comes to our front door. I hate it. But you hate when he goes to the garage door, too. Even more, I hate when he drops it at the garage door. <laughs> because I just, I, I just, it's a it's a nuisance. Like, my dogs freak out. and I don't so, think they bark that much anymore. It's only when they ring the doorbell that, that they bark. Now, packages yeah, get dropped, and we have to look out front to see if there's well, packages well, hey, there. Well, hey, listen. If you really feel like I'm doing that, I'm not doing that. It's just part of your nature. It's just what you do. I don't think so. I will be more aware of that. You've never brought that up. And I, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't care what you spend. Like I, I'm actually the guy who feels like, Hey, you work hard for your money. Like I, I legit don't care what you spend. Like it just doesn't, it's just, it's, it it's, doesn't matter to me. It, you were raised Catholic. So you're really good at applying the like, to do the with side my guilt? guilt. So like you can apply the side guilt. When did she become correct? like Dr. Laura? Like you out of nowhere have become like, oh, I'm psychoanalyzer. Like that's not at all what it is. That's not at all what, you know what the the funny thing is? Like, I just don't, I actually don't really care. I really, it does not, it does not bother me. Why are you pointing at the dog like that? The dog wants to lick his butt. I'm trying yeah. to get him to not lick his butt. You know. Anyways. Anyway. Right. Um, brother says, brother. listen to Mrs. Monty, Monty. Okay. Uh, Ken Williams says Monty likes to sleep on the couch nightly. Just so you can go to pound town. <laughs> He's never slept on the nightly. Couch. Kurt Meyer says uh, the Monty Wars. <laughs> NY Jazz fan says my wife and I are on the same page and know what 
we both want. I don't ask her and she doesn't ask me. We both are a little addicted to watching accounts grow and investing. So it works out well. There you go. Balance it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I don't know, man. I I just, yeah. Fat Jesus says, I suggest counseling. (laughs) You know? Jake is, uh, Kanai Johnson says, Jake is in the middle like, what? I'm just chilling, bro. I'm just uh, talking here, man. John Jackson says, I would say this therapy session was successful. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, I think it was really good. Ken Williams says, poor Jake. I'm fine. It doesn't bother me. I'm good, man. I'm, you know, I'm just chilling. Yeah. You know. I'm just, I'm just chilling. Gabe Ledley says, I'm pretty sure Amazon has hired ninjas to work out our work our neighborhood. Those dudes don't even trip the ring motion detector 93% of the time. See, they come up behind the bench, behind the bush. Like they just come around the side of the bush and they drop it on the porch and leave. Did you guys see, what the hell? By the way, did you guys see, speaking of this, did you guys see the story about these Grubhub drivers that are dropping off the food, taking a picture, picking up the food and leaving with it? What? They're stealing people's food. this is see this is why you have to have a video doorbell there's just so many reasons like whether it's grubhub and that's where this is coming from or like didn't one of you tell me there's going to be a show about ring doorbell footage yes is that annoy you too it actually you can already submit your funny videos um to ring and they're making a tv show i i don't know rings greatest mo i don't know it's whatever something like that uh because uh amazon prime bought mgm i don't know but anyways, yeah a streaming tv show that will be ring doorbell uh viral videos huh. wow all right that's pretty cool yeah it should be entertaining all right well i gotta go audit our bank account so i can guilt trip mrs monty about purchases she's just money it's just money <laughs> That stings a little bit inside, like Aww. in the groinial area. In your bosom. Is that a free pass to like go buy more Jordans? It could be. I feel like that's kind of what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, is what it is. Hey, don't forget, mm-hmm. uh, we're giving away a trip or two to see uh, BYU and you. God, I did it again. Damn it. BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. October 7th and 8th, uh, make sure you get to any of our uh, great locations for Barbecue Pit Stop. They're all the best great locations. And stuff. In Layton, Lehigh, uh, Logan, St. George, and Murray. She has me like all off my game You're now. Shook. You're um, shook. There's a box on the counter. Fill out the slip. Enter to win, and you could be going to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series October 7th and 8th. Thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Until tomorrow, say no guilt tripping, Jake. No guilt tripping, Jake. <laughs>